ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 86 of the Whatever Show. Um, we've got fun one this week. Yeah, a little different. We haven't done this in a while. We're gonna we're gonna nerd out about some tech tech topics. Uh, uh, we got a lot of tech actually this week. So much that I even created a, like a, a header for it. Yeah, we we don't usually that, that's usually like a, a miss category, but we we got one this week. So we're gonna talk a lot of tech. Um, we got some DC news. I don't know if you guys heard, but Wonder Woman came out this week. I had heard. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, I'll go see that. Um, I actually, have to wait a week. Yeah, you got to wait a week, and it's going to be really sad for you, because I'm definitely going to go tomorrow. And if I don't go tomorrow, it's for sure Monday, but I'm probably going to go tomorrow. I have daughters. Yeah. And it's important that they get to go see Wonder Woman with their dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's why we're doing it tomorrow, and, and like, not last night. Is your shirt totally blown out? Yeah, Fred. Barely material. Yeah, Fred pop. Cool. Maybe popping his collar. Because, yeah, I'm totally hip like that. Because people say hip still. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Gotham. There was an interesting article I thought, uh, this this week uh, talking about how Gotham could cross over with Arrowverse. We can talk about that a little bit. I believe you started started a little bit of season three. I did watch it you know, 10, 15 minutes probably. A good, wow, good 10, 15 minutes of it, huh? <laughs> yeah, I had something else. To I, uh, I'm absolutely caught up on it now. I started it and I was like, you know what I'd rather do? Play Tomb Raider. So we're going to talk about Tomb Raider actually this week. We are. I also picked up, uh, it was a free weekend this weekend for um, Overwatch. That was last weekend. Um, last weekend. Which uh, pretty much everybody but me has played at this point, but uh, I want to talk about that a little bit because it's a lot of fun. And we've got some other stuff to talk about. Uh, I also nerded out, watched a whole lot of Veep this week, which I don't think we talked about on the show. And I read red shirts in one sitting, so I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll um, stray off into other tangents uh, as well, but you know, that's what we got for you. Stick around. As always, we got to open the show with some depressing news. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to us from under four feet of water, that's because this happened a lot faster than we'd expected. No, this I got even more depressing news. Oh shit! Than, okay, than, go ahead. Than your depressing news. Um, sadly, it has been reported that uh, Ted Nugent is still alive. Oh, fuck, man! Seriously? Yeah. Ah, uh, fuck that guy. Anyway. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know why Ted Nugent's even a thing. Um, well, he wasn't really, except for the whole Kathy Griffin thing happened this last week, um, and everybody was like, "Well, remember when he said this and this, and then this and this?" And yeah. the it Republicans was, it, are like, "Well, that doesn't matter. That's in the past." Well, apparently, yesterday, um, he again <laughs> called for the death of Hillary Clinton. So I, I like, I like that. Okay, so let's move right into our, our Trump ranting this week. Uh, so number one, I got the Kathy Griffin thing, which I don't want to talk about really at all, other than to say that uh, the most hilarious thing in the world to me is listening to Trump whine. Like, has any any politician ever been treated this unfairly? Has has any politician ever had such a, a, a horrid thing and it's like uh dude were you here for the last eight years because not only were fucking you uh, uh you know calling the president an illegal immigrant with some secret quran conspiracy and shit like that um but yeah on the daily there were death threats there, there were bumper stickers advertising the desire to hang at lynch uh, uh obama simply for existing for being black and being the president yeah um ted nugent i'm sure has said less than cool things uh, uh about him you, you were talking about calling for the death of hillary clinton as as soon as yesterday so it's like yeah basically all the time oh and here's the whole whole the the funnier thing is even though these are all sort of really bad deplorable behaviors um 
at least uh, uh, there's there's legitimate reasons to to really not want Trump around anymore. And and I don't say I'm not advocating for his death. Don't get me wrong, but I, de- I definitely don't want him in office. And I can see why they, a lot of people are pissed off because he's actually done tangible things that fuck with people. Here's here's the thing for me about the whole Kathy Griffin thing, which again we're not going to spend a ton of time on. But like his big bitch about it was that it traumatizes 11 year old kid. And no, no, that's even funnier. The sentence he says is, I, you know, I don't want to have to, I didn't want, I, um, it was hard to explain this to my kids, especially Baron was upset. And it's like, so what fucking Eric Trump, you had to go be like, it's just a picture. Calm down, buddy. Calm down. It's no big deal. Ivanka, it's okay. All right. These these things are unbelievable, but it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still tremendous. Yeah. Anyway. The, this this is like, just the haters and the losers. Yeah. Yeah. My whole thing is like, I remember when I had to explain to my 11-year-old um, that the guy running for president grabs women by the pussy. Yeah. Because he's rich. Yeah. I remember how, I, I didn't quite explain that one so, so much um, just because my daughter still does have a little bit of innocence and I want to hold, want her to hold on to that a little bit longer. Um, Dude, and she's not quite she was as listening old. to our whole conversation at the at the barbecue on Monday. Like, well, that cancels that out then. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, that whole thing is ludicrous. Um. It, what was even funnier is after Trump says, "Oh my God, I had to explain this to my kids," and they're like, "Yeah, your kids must be really upset with violence." And then the next picture down is the the picture of two of his boys holding up the carcass of a dead animal they shot. It's like, well, uh, no, never mind. Yeah. Uh, I think they're I think they're okay. I think they're gonna be fine. Um, still going to be super rich tomorrow. Uh, don't, don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how about acid rain? Acid rain. I'm looking really forward to the acid rain. I'm hoping that we get, uh, ghouls like in Fallout 4 because yeah. they seem interesting. Yeah. Um, I also think that, uh, having watched Waterworld uh, a record, you know, 47 times, um, I'm prepared for the, the coming water apocalypse. I definitely have some tomato plants I can pee on. I do. Uh, yes. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting gills. So that should be fun. Yeah. Um, if you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about, uh, uh, I want to coin a new term for you right now, and and that is um, there's Occam's razor. That is uh, um, the the simplest answer is usually the correct one. There's Hanlon's razor, which is never attribute to malice, which can acqui- a- um, adequately be explained by stupidity. And then uh, I, I want to call this one Trump's razor, which is given any decision to make, he will choose the least rational choice. Least rational choice yeah um and so i'm sure this applies to other people but when it comes to trump you take a decision like this so you've got literally the entire world uh minus syria and really only syria uh you've got the entire world minus syria and nicaragua nicaragua only because nicaragua said you guys aren't going far enough fighting climate change which is which is scary because nicaragua not really what you think of when you're like man that place is hospitable and clean yeah. Um, so you got them saying you're not going far enough, uh, uh, fighting climate change. And then you've got, uh, out of all of the other countries in the world, you have the United fucking States. So in the last week, uh, they, they decide we're going to pull out of the, uh, Paris courts, which is, of course, a, uh, a unilateral agreement basically throughout the entire world, uh, to reduce carbon emissions and basically improve. There's a lot of reasons why people have said they don't want this and they're all bullshit. Uh, so like one of the common ones yeah. is like, it's going to hurt the economy. This shit's opt in. <laughs> like, uh, you set your own targets. This is like when your boss says, Hey, uh, you should set a goal for yourself and you hit it. Um, we'll give you a raise. It's like that. And then your goal is like, I will do my best not to piss on my desk for the next week. Deal? And and uh that that's essentially what we're shooting at here. The the other one which is an economic reason um is also bullshit because 
the amount of money that you contribute into the the Paris Climate Accord is also entirely optional. Like you set that mark yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then, then there's this whole other thing where they're like, well, we're just going to be moving m- money to un- other countries because, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's also not entirely correct. Uh, the, the thing that a lot of people need to understand about this is that any mo- money moving to the other, th- other countries is usually through two countries that are going through their industrial revolution. Um, we're not great. In terms of climate control right now in the United States, there's a lot of things we should be doing to reduce uh, carbon emissions and so on and so forth. Um, but during the Industrial Revolution, it's lucky for us we weren't as big as, you know, say China is now because China is currently kind of going through their Industrial Revolution. And that's why you can't watch, walk through Beijing without a mouthful of smog. Yeah, Sam's there right now. He can he can attest to exactly how yeah. fucking smoggy. So, um, we, we basically got to become rich as a nation doing these, you know, horrible things to the environment. And so, uh, um, you know, we saved a lot of money doing that. Uh, and so now basically that's one of the ideas too here. Uh, but again, it's voluntary. It's, it's not like a thing. Like this is just a fuck you to basically anybody with good sense. China with, with the U S having pulled out of the, the Paris climate accord, uh, China literally leads the world in, uh, uh, reduction of, of environmental pollution yeah at this point like granted Don't wrong they're one of the worst to be to, to start out with yeah, they, they were kind of already up pretty high up on the ladder of, of pollution to start with yeah. but i mean the fact that they're doing more actively doing more at this point than we are yeah complete fucking bullshit i actually had a really interesting conversation with a guy on facebook i know i know <laughs> i know um no, he's 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 uh, a friend of a friend i don't actually know the guy but he leans more conservative and whatnot and like we were we were kind of bantering back and forth on the whole this is a huge fucking mistake kind of thing um unlike most conservative leaning individuals though like he is not pro coal see okay so we'll talk about that in a second but uh this is another one where that that even like so don't get me wrong the entire rest of the world is on board um but you're thinking well this is america we could do what we want fucking only 20 percent of the people uh surveyed uh, i think in a poll of i don't know it was uh, a significant uh, definitely statistically significant um only 20 percent of the people said that they were actually for pulling out of of uh the paris accord so yeah. um so th- we, we as a country aren't really on board uh and then we've got cities uh throughout the united states i think we're at something like 68 major cities in the united states saying we're going to hold the 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 accord and lots of you know smaller and local governments doing the same so you have pretty much the entire country saying no you Don- donald donald dude, dude. Cal- california is actually lobbying at this point to uh take away any uh of trump's power that he holds over environmental regulations at this point so yeah uh, which um, i can't say i blame him because at this point like this is another you know clear example of trump being like the least rational person in in the entire you know washington dc at this point and i'm not even sure where where's the guy from infowars from um because he, he, he might even like be one up and, and he sells like powders for money and and t- you know it's ridiculous yeah yeah um i'm gonna coin this term too before the impeachment and and subsequent removal of trump um pence's razor Ooh. Wherein, given a choice, he will always choose the most um, zealot-like choice. Yeah, where if if you you could describe him and uh, a leader of ISIS, and except for the you know public beheadings, you're probably gonna get him confused. We'll we'll talk about religious cult leaders later on when we talk about Tomb Raider. Actually, <laughs> we sure will. Um, 
So yeah, Paris Climate Accords. We're out of that apparently. Uh, and the other, you know, really embarrassing thing here is we have m- multiple uh, um, other we're foreign leaders. Open negotiations, okay? Unbelievable negotiations. Yeah, Europe was like, no, we don't, we don't, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, we, we got, we got a deal. You can piss off. I'd like to, I'd like to um, announce my congratulations uh, to uh, Merkel and Marone and um, Trudeau. Yeah, and and because they are now the leaders of the free world. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think even Justin Trudeau, though, this is kind of another interesting one is Justin Trudeau saying uh, something like, um, we're very saddened by the choices of the American government, not the United States, the American government, um, because now they're starting to separate the people. Because in this case, we've got a fairly cut and dry matter where the people overwhelmingly support the opposite action taken by our representatives. Uh, um, whereas in the past, it's like, well, there's a, there's a, you know, fairly decent size, uh, contingent, uh, of Trumpies, uh, Trumpians who, Trumpansies, Trumpansies. Oh, there you go. I, I like it too. Cause that's like moderately, that's like flipping a racist, uh, uh, epithet on its head there. I have to, I have to give credit to my friend Jeremy, uh, for that one. Cause that's beautiful. He, he coined that term a while ago and I, I don't even know if he, tr- he coined it, but he's I, definitely the first. See, and- there's a lot, there's a lot out there too. Like Cheeto Mussolini. That's one of my favorite terms yeah. for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, shit gibbon, shit gibbon. <laughs> <laughs> Shit Gibbons just a general. Uh, like I like that one just for fun. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's the world we're living in today. Uh Trump goes to Europe, uh people don't put up with the shit and he comes back and he's like, "Well, fuck you, Europe. Take this." Um Hashtag #Putin's cockholster. Yeah. All right, should we move on? I we probably should. <laughs> we don't have enough beer to keep before going on the, this conversation. Just yeah. have us pulled off the air. Yeah. How far away are we realistically from the like Trump saying, "Hey, I NSA"? I don't know. Like, well, here's the deal. Like, we just pulled out of the Paris Climate Accords. Like, uh, the FCC has almost all but ended net neutrality at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying so, we can't be getting too far from uh, just referring to it as a regime. Like, the without Trump net neutrality, it's it's really easy because all they have to do is like. Slow have the down, government whisper but... in Comcast's ear and be like, "Hey, if these guys want their podcast to be on the air, you gotta they gotta pay money." Yeah, and that's that, that's, that's it. it for us because we don't need fucking money. <laughs> no, <laughs> can we pay back in beer bottle deposits? Yeah, maybe. It, it, hopefully, it's like that level of yeah. Do we need another beer before we even start the next topic? We might. Well, d- d- to be fair, I was halfway through this beer before we started the show. Yeah, and I'm a drunk. Um, we'll be right back. All right, let's. Uh, I don't, I don't, tell me some nerdy shit, please. I'm going to, because uh, I know you haven't read any of these articles yet. Not a single one. Uh, so there's a conference going on um, in Taipei right now called Computex. Yeah, I've heard of that, and it is it is that I'm actually familiar with. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of shit coming out. Um, <clears throat> Intel. Intel has announced a new series of processors, the Core X processor. We're gonna get some badass fucking processors out of this right and they my understanding too sorry that was yeah. just my dick hitting the table uh, um yeah do you have two thousand dollars to spend on a cpu i wish i did i wish i did um so somebody accused them of waiting until amd dropped their new ryzen core processors to to drop these um truth be told they kind of had to because if they would launched these before amd launched theirs like they'd have put amd out of business and probably had to face antitrust See, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't agree with that. Like, definitely, this is the top end. Okay, so we're describing. I think. Are we talking about the Core, ni- core i9? The, the i9. Yeah, X the, the first. The first. So we got the i9 X series, and so what this is is a two grand uh, processor with it's eighteen core. Yeah, it's an eighteen core chip. This is definitely for high high end workstations, server application, etc. And that's not what Ryzen is at all. Ryzen is. Um, much more uh, competition for like the current line of i i processors i five i seven. Kind of. I, I I don't. I honestly don't know that AMD has a place 
to compete at this point. Like there's there's enthusiasts that are always going to stick with AMD stuff, but like um they 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 have stuck with the same core for so long at this point. Like um I've said like about a thousand times now, but Intel Intel has like they they've innovated repeatedly with their their i series processors uh first gen second gen third gen fourth gen um haswell e with the enthusiast chip that's what i'm running right now it's a six core processor which i thought i was really cool for having yeah now now your six core processor looks like a little bitch now i'm like what yeah um yeah see i don't know the the tricky thing here with amd is one thing you have to give to intel is they have the um tooling down like they've 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 got they they can hit these ridiculously small um process die, die sizes you know when they hit 14 nanometer you know i think we've been kind of stuck at 14 nanometer for a little while um but they just have that shit down in a way that no other processor manufacturer has so far so what i'm curious about is how we really go forward in the future because increasingly the most common chips are not x86 based they're not uh, produced by amd or intel they're produced by arm or some yeah. sus- not really arm but some subsidiary licensing arm patents um they they are you know these mobile, mobile, chips, mobile chips snapdragons or or whatever a a chip a, a, a series 10, chip i think the a series yeah. is up to a10 now yeah i think i think we are i think we're at the a10 we might even be at the a10x a11 <laughs> haven't gotten there yet but <laughs> wwc wwdc's this week so um there's a very small chance they'll talk about um uh hardware but anyway um so we're getting to this weird sort of schism in that um Intel is definitely producing the beefiest chips on that you can get on the market right now, but it's not what the main application for most everybody well, is. Here's 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 AMD's bread and butter, right? When when it was before the i series processors came out, when it was like you can get a Pentium four or you can get an Athlon, um, not even an Athlon, Athlon two probably, Athlon two, and then the Phenoms. Yeah, Phenoms were a good good series. Um, they used to they used to use the term quantum speed architecture. Uh, they still use the technology, but they haven't coined the term in years they haven't, they haven't really used it what it does is it is it takes um it, it processes simpler lines of code way faster than intel series chips do it just does the problem is is that once you introduce more complex lines of code it it actually runs slower than the intel chips whereas the intel will process things they'll chug along they're they're kind of they're a little engine that could yeah we're really simplifying that vastly there's a lot um, of steps and don't think we're idiots we know that there's intermediate any yeah. intermediaries we're not talking about like if you run too difficult of a, a python program that's going to slow down the chip or no something it's like it, it's it's like the difference between running a python code though and photoshop see but no like, no, no no see even that that's a little off what i'm saying is <laughs> it really has to do with the instruction set of the processor so everybody real nerd background here we're going full hog on the nerd shit this weekend <laughs> um so your processor doesn't really process uh lines of code what it does is it processes off and on um you send electrons through it processes off and on that's where ones we get and zeros ones and zeros we get ones and zeros obviously ones and zeros kind of difficult for us to write so we were smart enough to decide to make our processors uh read a more complicated lines format. of code actually cached to your ram yeah just so you guys are we we more. decided to make something a little <laughs> bit more complicated than that and that is assembly assembly is also very difficult to write and it's not something you want to do as a programmer for very long because it's a challenge and it doesn't really you have to do a lot to get assembly to do anything um so uh you know even basic most processors now, you know, do basic math and stuff like that, but um, past that, assembly gets really uh, kludgy to do anything with. So we went higher level than that, and so we wrote uh, the C language. And so C does a lot of things for, uh, um, you know, making uh, more pro- uh, 
powerful programmers, but you still have to do things like manage memory and remember where your memory, you know, is stored at with pointers and shit like that. Instruction um, sets. Instruction where are sets. They? Yeah. That, that's, uh, so that's a challenge. And then you got, you know, really high level languages like Python or JavaScript. Um, and, and you know, JavaScript probably being at the top of the stack because that translates to a browser, which translates probably to some level of C or C sharp code, uh, C or C plus plus, I should say, which then, uh, you know, goes down to, um, uh, you know, be translated to assembly and into the processor as, you know, binary. Um, so when he's saying like simpler code, what he's really talking about is the efficiency in, it, in those, it, it in those on and off switch faster. Yeah. It, on, it, he's really talking about, programs. um, probably, uh, the complexity of the instruction set because the other thing here is even in the assembly code you write your processor has to uh, uh, support your processor your physical hardware has to support a certain instruction set so some processors like gpus are op- optimized particularly for uh, small mathematical complication or computations which for uh, something like a gpu that's really helpful you need to do lots and lots of processing uh, uh, small pieces of math in order to get shit to draw on the screen you know those are all x and y points and you have to you know do all that stuff so that's, that's why uh, people use gpu used to farm yeah. uh, e-currency. Yep, exactly. Cryptocurrency. And then you have um, <clears throat> different sort of processors like uh, the Intel line of chips and AMD. They both use a similar architecture. Uh, uh, they're, they're based on the whole x86 processor line, or x64. which is, of course is extended by x64. Um, the, their x64 is sort of a superset um, in, uh, in that a little bit. Or WoW64 if you really want to get you know. Yeah, well, most most of it's referred to as AMD 64 because AMD was, uh, I think, the first to get to 64-bit. Um, and then you have other processor types, like we were just talking about this, like ARM. ARM, uh, which is uh, not x86-based. It has a different uh, um, sort of... Construction uh, set instruction set and that allows it to do different things so notably all of your phones right now probably um with very very rare exception are rocking some arm chip variant um arm has licensed its, its technology so when you say snapdragon you're really you're really saying arm in the same way that i buy and don't in, the new series iphones have 64-bit processing oh yeah yeah they, they do and, and in fact not um we're not very far from the point where apple no it, it is arm it's but an it's, ARM chip. It's still 64. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of going uh, that right. they had in going to ARM is that um, the ARM instruction set I think I think supported 64 bit. Um, so anyway, you have uh, you know those chips being utilized for mobile phones because they do a, a sort of different magic in that they're much lower power, um, which is nice for battery life in phones. Obviously, they're not as powerful, um, but we're we're quickly catching Only up. Barely to that. though. Yeah, we're quickly ca- catching up to that. Um, in single single core performance, um, a lot of the time they're going to beat. Uh, some of these other, you know, more beefy chips. You know, one of the jokes actually was that the current generation Mac Pro, which is a $2,500 computer with a, I think, quad core Xeon in it, um, in single threaded performance, it, it gets outperformed, um, by like the latest iPad Pro. Um, single threaded, of course, you know, being another thing when they talk single core, dual core, etc. What they're really talking about is it got hard to make processors go faster. So, you know, like, um, you can only make a car go fast. And so like, let's just say you have to deliver 10 packages across the United States. You can make one car carry those 10 packages and go as fast as it possibly can. But in, in the end, um, and, and so you get speed ups. So you start with a horse and then you invent the buggy and the buggy goes a little faster and then you invent the Model T and it goes a little faster until you get 
up to, you know, you're driving a McLaren and that's, you know, sort of the top end of the speed you can get. And then it just becomes really impossible to do that. So Dude, what you do is you put neither a of us second, are ever driving a McLaren. Yeah. You put a second McLaren next to the road and they, they take five <clears> boxes until, you know, so that's essentially what we got with the, the, um, that's a shitty analogy. And we broke down to a car analogy or I, I broke down to a car analogy pretty quickly. In that. I was going to have you go with Legos. Legos, Legos would be good too. Um, but anyway, we, we, so now we're at the point where we're at 18 core, um, um, processors. An I nine, a goddamn I nine. Yeah. Um, just, I'm just happy with them for actually doing something that makes sense. We went I five, uh, I three, I five, I seven. Um, and at least they're sticking with the whole skipping to, you know, I, well, I really wish that I knew they're learning the lesson from windows. They're learning a lesson from windows and they're like, look, even numbers. No. Yeah. How to count by Microsoft. Uh, one, two, three, three point one. 95, 98, 98 SE, ME, ME, XP, Windows Vista, Windows 7, 7? Now we get back to 7. You forgot 2000. Oh, 2000, sorry. 7, 8. 2000 and ME were actually the same fucking OS, but one was professional enterprise and one was 8, 8.1, and then where did 9 go? Who the fuck knows? Now we're at 10. Dude, you know, do you know why they skipped 9? Because they they literally went with like the, the, the fucking, uh, um, what is it? it it goes up to 11 sort of like we're skipping it it's just too big yep yep they were just like that and i think i think people were just like it's not it's not far enough removed from eight if you if you go with nine so i i think honestly too that well i think there's a lot of reasons number one is the internal ver- versioning obviously doesn't matter at all because um, we're actually on version fucking six or something like that yeah we're we're on like some dot version of six i think yeah um internal versioning doesn't matter and the, this is just a product name you shouldn't think of it as a version at all um, have you gotten the 1701 update yet by the way i'm not sure which one that is because i have not i haven't really paid attention my to work numbers. computer has but my home computer has not the you- fast ring is running much slower for me than it is for my work computer <laughs> You know what's funny, actually? Speaking of Windows update bullshit, we're going to go real off into the tech weeds. Um, I, I use OneNote. Um, I use the OneNote from Windows 10 and for the iPad. Man, what's funny... You're one of two people, of one, all of the people that I know that OneNote use OneNote. is actually not that bad because if you want a similar feature set, you're probably going to end up at Evernote next. And Evernote is retardedly expensive um, for what it is. Like for a simple you know note, notebook tracking app, it, it is retardedly and, expensive. And OneNote expensive. literally comes with Windows now. So Yeah. So what's <laughs> funny, though, is that on my iPad, I got the latest uh, 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 update from for OneNote. Um, you know, it, they changed the physical design a little bit and, it, and it's, you know, it's a big version essentially. And I still am waiting for it on my windows computer. Of course. As far as I know, it hasn't even come out. Thanks Microsoft. Yeah. Microsoft said it'll be slowly rolling out to windows if, uh, over the next, you know, couple of weeks or a month or something like that. And it's just like, how do you let your, how do you let your operating system be the one that lags behind? Yeah. I, th- this is actually kind of a, I think an interesting sign of the times though. I'm, I commend them a little bit for doing that because the really stupid thing would be for them to hamstring the iOS version, um, uh, so that it runs shittier and you want to, you know, cause they, then you got to switch to windows. It's so much better on windows. Uh, that would be really dumb. Um, so whatever. Anyway, 18 chip, 18 cores. 18 cores. Um, this is gonna make this is gonna help me look at porn a lot faster. This this I can't even imagine what it would be like to have an eighteen core processor right now at this point and because it's you just watching the Matrix stream by and be like all I see is naked bitches. Yeah, no. pretty much. Um, just kidding. So bitches is such an in uh un- unfriendly term. It is. How dare you? Naked no. hookers, <laughs> prostitutes. Just kidding. Just kidding. Sorry. Just don't use that word that Bill Maher used. I, I was going to say, I'm not going to hit Bill Maher levels of It's, it's a good thing we don't have Bryce this, week, here this so. week. No, he'd be like, what? I don't see what's wrong with that. Boom, boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, 
So good news, though, for people that can't afford a $2,000 processor is that they've also announced a 10, 12, 14, and 16-core i9 processors as well. Yeah. So, well, presumably the the 10-core is going to be less than the 18-core, so maybe... Maybe they're, if I just sell a kidney or something. They're all going to range. The, the, the 10, 12, 14, and 16 core processors are all going to range in the 3.3 uh, gigahertz uh, standard and yep. then 4.5 turbo. Which is so pretty much where we've been at. That's another thing. Like It used to be like you talk to you about your computer in terms of megahertz, especially if you're talking about x86. Um, you know, If you weren't a PowerPC user uh, on Mac. Um, you talk in terms of uh, uh, gigahertz because it kept getting massively bigger. Like I remember, I got my 166 MMX chip, and I was like, "Fuck yeah! Who needs to ever process anything faster than this?" And then quickly, it was like, um, "Well, it turns out I do," because then you get the 900 gig chips and so on and so forth until we're pretty much got stuck at around three gigahertz. The um the the 18 core i9 is faster. I think it's actually a 4.5 nice standard. Um, but that's the first of its kind that I know of. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> not, not announced yet is whether or not you, they'll sell an accessory that just hooks up to the side of the processor and you can just cook eggs with it. I mean, the amount of heat that thing has to generate, like, you know, these aren't coming with stock coolers either. Like <laughs> no. they're, they're bare processors and they're like, you know what? You better have a big fucking heat sink or a liquid cooler. Like that's, yeah. that's it. Did you see that thing that was attached to Mr. Freeze? You're going to need one of those. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, okay, what else? We what other nerdy shit we got? So um, we might as well talk about the motherboard that you can put these in. Yeah, um, I only have the MSI link in here, but both Asus and MSI were also showing off their X two ninety nine enthusiast boards that that take these Core X processors. Enthusiast being the technological code word, uh, sort of like a wedding when you say you need a catering party or something like that. It's like whatever it is when you add the word wedding to it, you mark it up thirty three percent. In enthusiast means. Um, it's guys who like to play games, but they want to play games on the most expensive fucking rigs made ever. It, it, it is basically saying enthusiast tr- roughly translated means uh, you've got more uh, money than time. I have an enthusiast board in my in my machine, um, but only barely now. I mean, yeah, I have a, I have an X ninety nine board, but it's not an X two ninety nine. So anyway, so the, these I, I presume are going to be uh, beastly, beastly rigs. They are massively beastly. There's some pictures and stuff in there. We won't spend a lot of time talking about those. They do support um, quad channel RAM as opposed to dual channel. Nice. Uh, mine does as well. I have 32 gigs in mine, um, so I'm essentially running eight per channel, and it's it's pretty fucking amazing. I I've never had like any kind of like uh, memory dump issues or anything like that with my machine. Nice, nice. Um, conversely, the wife has a newer i7 than I do, uh, running dual channel. Um, she's got 64 gigs of RAM in hers, but um, she's running smooth too. Like, it, I, I don't, I, I don't know that I can tell you like a specific marked difference between dual and quad channel because I'm not. I'm playing fucking Tomb Raider, right? I'm not. I'm well, not. When we're talking about dual and quad channel, we're mainly talking about latency, and in which basically means how fast you can access the RAM. So there's lots of benefits to being able to ask, access it faster. Obviously, in processing, you want to go faster. Um, it, I think it is a little bit more stable uh, doing it that way too, for reasons I'm not quite clear on. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing what I'm looking forward to in RAM is when we finally get ECC RAM uh, um, as a mainstream like option as a thing that happens all the time. But you know, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> All right, more um, nerdy card news. We talked a little bit about video cards. We did. Right? We did, because I got this fantastic new video card that I'm really excited. Oh, I saw this link. Never mind. Fuck it. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
so EVGA has uh, unveiled at the same conference their new uh, 1080 Ti Kingpin series card. Now this I this drew my attention because I'm actually now running a EVGA 980 Kingpin. Um, and I really like it, by the way. Yeah, I do. I, I imagine. Here's the thing: I'm not noticing like a marked difference in what my computer can do. Um, as far as playing games, but what I have noticed is that my new card does it at like 15 degrees Celsius cooler than yeah. my old card did. See, so the interesting thing about the Kingpin card, I think, is that it is uh, good for overclocking. It is fantastic for fucking overclocking. So you're probably not noticing a whole lot of difference in your gaming because number one, we're going to talk about this later, but we're playing a game from 2013 called Tomb Raider, yeah. um, which a lot of you played and it was really good. And, and the only reason we're going to spend time on it is because we both kind of re-hit the game lately. Uh, yep. But uh, I noticed that too. Like when I, for, when I turned it up, I was like, well, this game looks pretty good, but it does look a little old to me now. Um, the, maybe not some to of you because you've been, Some of the cutscenes are still pretty goddamn good looking though. The, uh, no, don't get me wrong. It, it, is a, it is a pretty game and it's not like so old that I, I don't want to play it. Obviously, I've been playing the shit out of it. It, but um, I wonder what would happen if we put something more modern, more taxing on it. If Steam would put Rise of the Tomb Raider on a on a sale, we could find out. We could find out because it does actually have um, significantly higher requirements. Yeah. So uh, on my 1060, I also I, I have it just cranked up on Tomb Raider and it plays really well. So I, I have I have to turn on monitoring, but I'm sure I get at least 40 50, 50 F, FPS on it. So yeah, I think I'm getting 50 60 pretty standard on mine. Yeah. Um, See, so told you that 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 card. I, I get that the lowers a number, but I think that card's a little bit better. Of a it card. is a 980, but well, here's the thing. Um, you're running a 128 pipeline probably. Probably bandwidth on, for your memory. Mine's two fifty six. Yeah, um, and I never had noticed the difference between before because I hadn't ever had a card that was that good. Yeah. Um, now that I do, I'm just like, shit. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing is, uh, presuming your kingpin is the same as this one, um, you also have some ability to overclock it. And if you're doing that, that quite I am quick- not overclocking. Yeah. So. Um, Anyway, if you're doing it 15, 16 uh, uh, degrees cooler than you were previously on your old card, it just means your your card's got a lot of headroom. Like you're yeah. not even really stretching out yet. No, I'm I'm not. In fact, I can barely hear the fans whine when I play it. Yeah. So on ultra settings. So, nice. Um, this card is pretty cool. Um, it it actually it's a double uh slot card. Yeah. Um, but most of that is heatsink. And it's removable, <laughs> so if you want to run a water cooling, you can actually cha- take it down to a single slot card and put a water block on it. Yeah, we were joking about this before, but um, th- this one, like on Matt's card, you could probably land a Cessna. Um, th- <laughs> this one it has a 737 with with some headroom on it. So yeah, um, th- this card's fucking gigantic. Yeah, actually, I think this card is maybe a tad bit smaller than mine. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it must just be the picture. Yeah, I guess well, I should actually maybe I don't know I don't know this does this have does is this the triple fan one Yeah, it might be it is it okay is. Yeah, it might be bigger. Um, so there you go. If you have uh, four grand, um, you can put together an eighteen core uh, enthusiast rig with a ten eighty Ti and overclock it to your heart's desire. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe bump it up to five grand because you're going to need that custom water cooling. Yeah, we haven't sold them any RAM yet, though. No. We haven't, yeah. No, I don't actually have any RAM in there. Um, we have talked about the Corsair one though in the past. We did. Cool, this week cool they debuted some new concept PCs. Um, and remember how we, we talked about how the Corsair 1 was almost kind of minimalist in design, comparatively speaking, with like the RBG? Yep. Not anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> they, they took all the LEDs that they did not use in the Corsair 1 and they put it in this first one here. Yeah. 
that that's the uh, red beast that looks like uh, honestly it looks like that should be a jet engine like it looks like if you get this thing up to full speed it'll fucking take off yeah yeah, yeah. um so that in the words of christopher walken you know what this needs more lights more more lights yeah definitely more lights um so they got all the lights on this one that's for sure yeah the, That's a terrible walk-in impression, by the way. I'm sorry. There's only terrible walk-in impressions. I know. Even Christopher Walken's with Christopher Walken impressions. Have you, not have you great. heard the the uh, the Christopher Walken auditioning for the part of Han Solo thing? Huh. No, I, it no. was like an SNL skit, like back in the day. But he was like, "You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon." <laughs> uh, our second machine here um that there are links to is a little less red but it, it is no less uh, uh bright up. <laughs> yeah these are meant to be uh, um i don't know I, I i don't get i don't like this sort of design aesthetic just generally speaking like i'm not really a big led guy um but if you're into that this thing will definitely keep your room nice and bright for those you know late night reading sessions when we say that's lit we literally mean it has a lot of lighting we we don't we, mean it how do. you cool kids say it. I didn't even I'm not even still sure how to use that in a sentence. Me neither. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to ask our eleven year old daughters. Yeah, probably. All right. All right. So that's nerd stuff. We got a lot of nerd stuff to talk about this week. Well that was, that's that was fun. tech nerdy stuff. Our whole our whole show is nerd stuff. I mean I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um so let's talk about uh let's talk about uh the the, the movie that came out this week. We're, uh, we're that neither one of us have seen yeah. at this time. By this time next week, I presumably will have seen it. Um, hopefully, I don't know what your plan is next week. Are you going to try to do like a Friday showing, Saturday It'll morning? Probably maybe be a Saturday showing or a Sunday showing. Maybe see, Sunday. like we could do a later show if you wanted to go see it Saturday, and we could talk about it on the podcast. Might have to do it on Sunday though, just because I. Well, maybe we could do a Saturday afternoon once Casey's off work, because Casey'll have to go too. That's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the thing. Yeah, you, you make that happen. You do that. Um, so what we're talking about, of course, is Wonder Woman. The reason I threw this in the show notes, even though we haven't seen it, is because uh, one of the things that has probably got my hype levels way too uh, high, and maybe I'll be a little disappointed in seeing it, is that it's current current uh, time. This is uh, June 3rd. Are we on? Are we on June 3rd? Yes. 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. That's uh, pretty big. Pretty big, because now all the critics have seen it. Yeah, pretty much anybody important has seen the movie um, by this point. If you're a critic and you haven't seen it, uh, you're not very good at your job. Um, so anyway, pretty much everybody's seen it, and it's still got a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is ridiculous. For comparison, The Dark Knight had a 94, or has a 94, I'm not sure exactly, uh, but it's right around that that uh, realm of things. Uh, fucking A New Hope, I think, is lower than that. Uh, so it, th- this is... Um, being well lauded uh this seems like it's going to be a good flick i'm I'm gonna go a little feminist right now <clears throat> please do um there's been a lot of talk about how um a lot rests on this movie's shoulders um and yeah. that this movie the success of this movie is going to cement um feminism in in uh the the world of comic book movies and whatnot um we don't know that yet actually because here's the deal um we've seen this happen Time and time again, we make shitty man comic book movies, but we keep making them. 
Yeah. Like, if we make a shitty woman comic book movie, chances are good. We're not going to go down that road again. So we're not going to be there in terms of, like, equality until we can make a shitty Wonder Woman movie and then turn around and the next year make another one. See, that that was what uh, like, I was going to... We must have listened to the same bit or something because I heard a comedian talking about this last week and they were saying uh, exactly the same thing. You know how we know that we haven't gotten far enough? is because no white guy making a movie starring a white guy in a comic book movie is saying, you know, is having the studios say you know you guys better nail this one because if you don't we're just not gonna be able to do these anymore you know like so i kind of feel bad here for you know the women uh you know probably most particularly gal gadot and and patty jenkins uh um because they're they're, you know they've got the whole weight of half of the entire (laughs) judgment of half of the human race uh riding on the shoulders of this fucking movie um when, when that's just not fair at all um i mean not fair no but i also give them a lot of credit because they currently have the um highest rated uh movie at, at, to date in the dc extended universe so yeah I you mean, know i gotta give it give him props for that patty we, jenkins is fucking amazing i wish you'd have directed the door to the dark world honestly yeah we, we're gonna have to go that check out happened. um vamp a little i want to go see I, I bet the winter soldier is probably the highest rated marvel movie and I, I wonder what it is on rotten tomatoes i have no idea but yeah the dceu though specifically i know oh, the dceu is is, is kind of crushing it but um it's not almost it's almost not fair to can compare them like if i go beat the shit out of my child um it's not like oh yeah i kicked his ass uh it, it's like <laughs> it's like no you, you don't you don't get points for beating up something way smaller and way worse than you i do um, kellen's not that much smaller than you <laughs> well, that's, that's all true. i'm saying that, that's okay that that is true but that's kind of cheating so captain america Winter Soldier. I was going to man, but then he started talking on mic about what he was looking up. So Sorry. I mean, well, you can keep talking. I mean, while while he's looking this up, I'm going to I'm just going to tell you right now, we're drinking some Beak Breaker Double IPA by Pelican Brewing. They're not paying us any money, but I just want to it's an outstanding brew. It is. It's very good. That's that was commendable job filling dead air. Um uh, It's what I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true, and and they say you know like if you really know how to do something, don't pay, don't do it for free. Well, so. here's here's the deal, um, Pelican. We expect our check anytime now. Yeah. Customer service at T-Mobile. I did that call center job for four years, and like one of the biggest things that you get tagged for with when you have your calls listened to is silence. Dead air. Yeah, no dead air. So you got to fill it. So if I got to fill it with a fucking ad for Pelican Brewing, it's filled. Yeah, somewhere out there, there's somebody that's doing that. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here listening on to the phone call. It's like, well, I'm typing a thing into the search box now, and I'm just going to go ahead and click this link. And if I click this link, it tells me in the machine here that it's like, dude, I don't need all these fucking steps. Just fucking tell me when you get the answer. Yeah, you're not supposed to fill the dead air with that. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, honestly, it's corny, but like when you're doing that kind of thing for a living, like that's really what's like, so you're from Georgia, huh? Yeah. Where you can't really say that. You're just like, oh, where are you calling from? Because um, CP and I, you can't actually tell them. No. where they're calling from <laughs> there's weird rules man like you can't tell them their own phone number over the phone <laughs> like that's not legal in any way shape or form well that actually makes sense i was listening to this story last week where they were um a, a guy lost like eight thousand dollars in bitcoin and the way that he lost it is somebody uh managed to get his phone number and all they did was they called in a verizon and they were like yeah i'm this dude and they gave him like next to no steps to just transfer this, the phone number to a new sim and uh the phone is usually how you do say, uh, uh, uh and he dumped the wallet two factor so he just got yeah. it and dumped the wallet and done and done so anyway, yeah. um, that that was good vamping, good dead air filling. Uh, the the answer for Captain America: Winter Soldier, my favorite Marvel movie, probably pr- the top rated. I'm gonna guess 
89%. Yeah. I think I, I think I remember looking that up at one time. Speaking of rules of things that you cannot tell people over the phone, this is going to drive you nuts. And this is only something that I observed yesterday, which is why it's fresh in my mind. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so I'm standing in the nurse's office at my work because I was hooking up a, a headset to the phone there. And, uh, and somebody calls for one of the employees. Mm-hmm. And, they hand off the phone to a different nurse, and this other nurse is like, oh, no, I think she's gone home for the day. But she definitely works tomorrow, and I'm like, you can't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've done that, too. Um, well, this is actually interesting, though. Iron Man has a, a 94. Iron Man does? Yeah, I don't know. I think that just has can- to do with the times, though. I could kind of see that because I think, especially with, uh, 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 um, comparatively, when Iron Man came out, we're talking 2008. And so this is comparing it really kind of against the Dark Knight. I, I can, and I think that a lot of people were just really refreshed by the whole idea of not having just this pure gritty. Uh, I can see it being that because, like, strictly for the same reasons why I think Cochise is my favorite Audio Slave song. It's because that's how that record opens. And that's the first combination of Tom Morello and Chris, Mer- uh, uh, Chris Cornell that you hear, right? Same thing with Iron Man. Like, Iron Man is, like, the first glimpse that you have of this amazing fucking cinematic universe that you know is coming if this movie does well. And they hit it out of the park with the movie. Don't get me wrong. I thought I thought Iron Man was great. There's really... There's next to no flaws in that, in that movie, other than, like, the pure scientific ones, which we've all talked about, but... Um, yeah, you, you know, I, I I really think the biggest thing is probably comparing it against the the time period with which it's in because I don't necessarily think it is definitely top three, um, but I don't think it's the best one. No, I I'm, um, I'm a firm believer that Winter Soldier is is the most amazing movie to date in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because yeah, it's I think I agree because with you that. can take the comic book characters out of it and it's still a great fucking movie. Yeah, um, what I think I think the big thing here is, or I think one of the big things is simply comparing that movie to uh, other movies of its ilk at the time. And so, number one, the only other comic book movie that really mattered at the time is probably The Dark Knight, and and then far far in the recent past would be Spider Man Two. And by this point, most people were already kind of blocking the Spider Man franchise out of their minds because I think at this point, um, Spider Man Three had already come out, and everybody was all uh, down on that. So, um, I think with Spider Man Two, like most people were just like, well. Are we going to see her nipples in this movie too? <laughs> and we did, and we did, and so you know that it was it was all right. I wonder what that we should are we just we're going to spend the whole rest of the show looking at movies on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? I mean, you can. It's your show. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Spider, the Spider Man, the Spider Man movie, two thousand two, that had a score. It did. It did have a score. 89%. 89? Oh, wow. Same as Winter Soldier? I wouldn't give it that. No. No. But Spider-Man again, 1 is, again, just gigantic rose-colored glasses. It's Well, it's the times. I mean, it is. We it got is. a Spider-Man movie that year. Like, we hadn't had a Spider-Man movie prior to that, like, since the 70s. And that's, I'm pretty sure that was a made-for-TV movie. We got a movie. Spider-Man movie that was watchable, I think, is the thing that's uh, uh, notable here. Like, the Spider-Man movie, It w- don't get me wrong, it wasn't bad. There was nothing particularly bad about the movie. Um, it's Other just than that I was like, why is this 40-year-old dude in high school? <laughs> I think everybody was like that. Uh, Logan Logan keeps popping up because it's currently at the top of the rentals at 93% for Logan, um, which I think I think that's a fair score. That's yeah. a good... I still haven't watched Noir. I do have it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I keep meaning to, but that, like I said, I think this, this actually really stands with me. Um, 
that movie every time i sit down to watch it it's gonna be a hard movie to watch like yeah, I, i'm it is i'm sad for lots of reasons yeah 93 percent for spider-man 2 okay so it's up there so it's spider-man 2 equals wonder woman essentially which again i don't know we'll see I, you know who's the actor they got to play doc ock in that movie i don't remember his name but he was fantastic uh um i well it's gonna right be around there, right? here soon uh, or around here somewhere Spider-Man photos, movie info. <laughs> Do you there he goes, Alfred Molina. Okay, okay, Molina. Yeah, no, he was he was fantastic. I he was probably my favorite piece of that movie. Plus, they did such a a, a great job of of really doing like they they pulled Doc Ock out of the comics and put it in that movie. The way he grabbed like Ant Man, like ran up the building with his legs and whatnot. Like some of that is is that's good cinema, people. Yeah, they did a really good job. I thought with Doc Ock. Um, they also did a good job. I think it's sort of um making you know peter struggle being a real person and dealing with all that stuff and dealing with these fantastic things and this is really i think the one where peter really kind of became the hero yeah i don't know i'm just i'm looking forward to homecoming because i think homecoming could be the movie that i've waited a real long time for uh, um when it comes to uh spider-man movies yeah because none of those movies are perfect so far like i still have not seen the spider-man movie i want to see yet uh we're close i mean i think we've gotten close i i I'm I'm still a fan of of uh, amazing, yeah. Garfield. Don't get me wrong, I like those too. Garfield um, was a little too hip, though. I mean, that was that was kind of he wasn't quite Peter Parker. Um, what we're getting with the the Tom Holland Spider Man is is more more closely. Um, it's more a comic book Spider Man, Peter Parker specifically, I think, um, than we've ever seen before. Which is like the high school kid, and he's just totally jazzed about like yeah i can do this let's and falling for tony stark's line of bs like just because he's like oh i get an opportunity all right let's go (laughs) you know it's it's very ultimate spider-man which you know again like we we talked about this at length ultimate spider-man is my spider-man at this point um so i'm really excited for that uh uh because it it, that really feels like the way that they're doing it um maybe i'm wrong we'll see the movie and hopefully um or hopefully i'm right but i could be totally wrong and it could be way off the beaten path from ultimate spider-man and you know but but the thing is is that that i liked about both ultimate spider-man and just sort of the comic books in general is um they just get peter parker um especially at the ages that they've shown him so far peter parker was very very much an awkward nerdy kid uh um but still sort of like, you know, he's Spider-Man. So you he can't make him... He was awkward and nerdy when he was Peter Parker. As soon as he put the mask on, though, and like it wasn't... There wasn't that like... He, the self-conscious bullshit kind of went away. Yeah. And he, he got to be snarky and, and whatnot. And I really enjoyed the piece of it, like especially in like Civil War, where he's like bantering with Cap as he's fighting Cap. And he's like oh, yeah. talking to him about what part of New York he's from and like all that shit. So... Well, I, I actually was just re-watching Civil War not too long ago. So... um that's mostly there but like he would uh i think i don't know he's he's he you know steals the shield and he's like i'm holding captain america's shield yeah you know like uh or when he's fighting i think the the bands come the best when he's fighting against um uh fucking falcon and uh winter soldier uh that that was that was pretty awesome i'm gonna watch that again yeah it's good i mean it's good um i put it on and went to sleep the other day but i like that's not really watching it no, no, doesn't quite count. Here's like, the thing. Here's you the thing. generally have to be eyes well, open to watch a movie. Here's the thing. Like, I wear glasses for a reason, right? Yeah. And so, like, I can put stuff on, and as long as I have my glasses on, like, I'll totally watch it and shit. Mm-hmm. As soon as I take my glasses off, though, it's all fucking over, because I can't goddamn see a thing. So, 
<laughs> it's like lights out. Yeah. 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 But at that point, it just becomes background noise. And I can fall asleep to dialogue like really easily. And there's there's like Civil War is a great movie. Not a great dialogue movie, though. It's not an actor's movie. Yeah, it's that's a good fair. movie. You know, but it's not like like Birdman. Birdman, I could probably listen to and not fall asleep because it's it's just it's actors trying to outact one another. Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw it. Did you ever? I, did you end up watching it? Birdman, I have, uh, but I have not watched it yet. Yeah, it, it's one of those movies I keep. It's been on my like I need to watch this plate for like a long time. Like it's an actor's movie. That's that's kind of one of those things where, um, God, who was I listening to the other day? I think I, I texted you about it, and. Uh, Oh, um, listen to a podcast. It was, uh, uh, Batista was on talk as Jericho and they were, he was talking about, um, uh, uh, Blade Runner cause he's in Blade Runner, the, yeah. the new one with Gosling and, and, uh, Harrison Ford. And he said his role is an actor's role in the, in, in Blade Runner. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> cause, cause what, what do you think you've been doing this whole time, Batista? Well, I mean, I made, I made the comment, no, he, I made the comment about, um, that's actually Guardians surprisingly too, where I was, yeah, I made the comment in guardians too, where I was just like, well, I don't know what kind of a career he's got outside of guardians, but like, he's hilarious as Drax. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's not really an actor's role. Like that's, that's essentially Batista turning it up to 12. Yeah. And, and, and see, the thing here is like, um, when we talked about Batista with, with the original guardians, I'm sure you can go back and find any number of reviews that will say, well, like Dave Batista wasn't terrible, you know, like, yeah. and, He's not great either. Like he's not good. I, I would say in in Guardians one, he's passable, but I wouldn't give him uh, uh, enough praise to say he's good as an actor. Like, don't get me wrong, some of the lines in that movie are are uh, some of my favorite lines in the whole film from Drax. Uh, but they're also not. You know, he's just not a great actor. You know what's funny is listening listening to um, him talk about movies though and filmmaking. Like he's got a really good mind for the business, and like he talked about his role in uh, Bond. Yeah. And how uh, he only had one line in the movie, and he wanted them to change that, <laughs> like not like because he just wanted them to like the way he ended up because he got pushed off the train and he was like oh shit you know and like yeah. did that whole whole thing right. He wanted him to start to say it and then like get shoved off the train so you never actually heard him say it. And cinematically, that probably works better. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, like they insisted that that he did that line, and then when he did it, they had him come back and do ADR and do it in like six different accents before they finally picked one to use. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, I don't know. It, it just it, it's um, it wouldn't be surprising if he's good at the business because let's face it, a lot of wrestling really uh, sort of crosses over. Like if you're good at it, anyway. Um, yeah, I mean it, it can. For sure. It, yeah, it, it can. It certainly can because, you know, the, the, we've talked about this before, but when you're a wrestler, a, a lot of it is performance art as much as it is in athleticism. Um, when when, uh, when Jericho was was doing uh, one of his, his – I mean, it was still, I think, on his first run and with, with WWE, and he founded Fozzie, right? Yeah. he did. They did this whole thing where Chris Jericho was a wrestler, and then – the the singer from Vazi, his name was Moongoose McQueen, and he would come out in character as Moongoose. And then when you'd ask Chris Jericho about his role in Vazi, he'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, or you'd ask Moongoose, like, you know, hey, you know, this is. He would do interviews on like Letterman and shit as Moongoose, and they would ask him about you know his life in the wrestling business. He'd be like, "I'm not a wrestler." Yeah, like I'm Moongoose McQueen. I'm from Vazi. 
right? <laughs> and this was when Fozzie was still kind of a joke band. Like all they did was covers and whatnot. Like it was it was not a, a, a serious thing. And I was thinking about that the other day, and I'm like, as many times as Jericho has reinvented himself, I would really like to revisit some of those old characters. Like the next time he comes back, like he should come back as Moon Goose McQueen. <laughs> yeah. But um so there there are guys in the business that are good at things like that. Batista, I couldn't have told you either way whether or not I thought he would be great. Um, honestly, if, if he says that his role in Blade Runner is is an actor's role, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Like, it's either going to be great or it's not going to be good at all. And it'll be... That, yeah. That'll kind of be the ultimate test, I think, for me. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think the guy's going to keep getting work. If nothing else, they'll do Guardian sequels and tie-ins and crossovers oh, and stuff like that. But. He, he talked He talked really specifically about how Marvel is kind of his bread and butter. Like, Drax is his bread and butter because he's already doing... Um, I don't know if they've announced a Guardians 3 yet, but he's 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 doing both parts of Infinity War. Yeah. You know, so he's got that stuff. And, and he, he talked specifically about how, like, he wants to use that to his advantage and, and be able to, like go to producers and, and studios and be like, I like this project a lot. I want to do this. Let's do this. You know, yeah. he wants to produce things and, and uh, I don't know if he wants to direct necessarily, but, but he certainly wants to be able to kind of have that pull to like go into the, into things and say, this project has kind of been stagnating. Let me do it. Let's do it. Let's, yeah. you know, so, well, g- good luck to him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last piece of news in the DC section. I put in this, uh, did we already start this Gotham? Yeah. How did we no, get the we, fucking we, Drax? We, no, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what I put in here was uh, how Gotham could cross over with the Arrowverse. Um, and so this is a link on Heroic Hollywood. Uh, talks about um, how they might do that if that would happen. Uh, it's an interesting idea. Uh, I didn't read it. It's okay. I, I only barely skimmed it. And I, I, I kind of threw this in because I, I don't think they ever will. Like, I, I don't think this is going to happen. Like I don't either. Just full stop. They're not going to cross over. Uh, the 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 universes are so vastly different. Um, it, I'm not even sure it would make sense. Um, so I don't know. Good on you guys for thinking about it. Maybe they will do some Gotham? sort of weird crossovers type of thing. But Gotham was filmed in such a way that you can't even tell what time period it's filmed in. I mean, they have cell phones occasionally. Um, they're usually like flip phones. Well, I mean, if they but, like, if you look at the cars that like Harvey and 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 uh, yeah, they they're, def- they're all they like definitely took that sedans, off of like, the uh, big like. They definitely took that off a little bit from uh, um, uh, uh, the animated series, Batman the Animated Series, yeah. in, in that they, I think they want the time period to feel like that. And, you know, like when they go to jail, they're wearing the fucking, you know, giant ass stripes like it was yeah. a, a 1920s uh, cartoon. Yeah. Um, and I for sure don't want to. I, I don't actually want to know what time period it's in. Like, I think that I think Gotham is, is one of those shows that can get away with that because it's. Well, they mentioned that one of the things they did mention in the article is it is definitively the past because we know Batman and the Flash operated at the same time. Sure. Uh, um, so it is definitively the past. And so that's one of the things that they talked about is like, well, when it was just Arrow, there wasn't really any good way to cross over uh, because it wouldn't make sense for Ollie to go back in time by himself. But now that right. we've established time travel as a regular thing with the Flash, it is all of a sudden a possibility. Uh, I, and that's only in the technical sense. I don't think it's a possibility at all. Um, I, I mean, I just don't think they're going to do it. I don't think it's likely no. um i'm not sure how i don't know how gotham's performing right now but i don't see um it definitely be a push for them and and you know it, the 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 uh Arrowverse i think would kind of be hitting down a little dude if, if you can if you can find it in your cold little heart to actually watch this season 
It's really good. Someday I'll have to. Um, someday I will. Uh, the problem and is I'm there's... I'm going to say that in my Kevin Conroy voice. Ooh. That it's makes... really good. That makes it, makes it so I have to do it. Um, Maybe now, I'll kill you. There's too much good oh. stuff. There's too much good stuff. Uh, no, notably, notably <clears throat> Tomb Raider, which we're going to talk about after we grab a refill. Was it, was it a ton different than the... Superman and Bruce Wayne kind of had a similar voice in those, but it was it was still different. It was uh, Conroy is a lot more gravelly, like oh, 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 you know. Uh, whereas uh, um, maybe I'll kill you. Yeah, maybe you'll kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that sort of thing. Whereas you've got um, this is going to go in where you've got uh, <laughs> Superman's Superman's voice, especially in the animated series, is um, the fucking guy from Wings. Uh, you know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but his I, is I don't a lot more which guy, but yeah, his is a lot more clear and bright, and he's so happy to be here, and he's got kind of a, a baritone tenor, th- you know, thing. Not tenor, baritone. He does. He did a, a series. I don't know if they were YouTube videos or whatnot, but it was like a whole series. God, I can't fucking remember his name. Um, now I'm gonna have to look that up. Uh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't. I don't remember either. He, he did one that was so great because he they brought in. Um, it's it's him and his son, right? Yep, and. There was one episode where he was like, um, he had uh, gone kind of mental, yeah, and and was immersed in his role as Superman. Yeah, I saw that. It was really funny. And they brought in they brought in um, uh, uh, um, Captain Mal, yeah, and Villian Villian as as Green Lantern, and then they also brought in Rosenbaum because uh-huh. he played the Flash in the animated stuff. And like they were all like in their bedroom, like in their underwear, <laughs> and it was it was like the underwear that was appropriate to their characters. It was amazing. Uh, I'll try. It. I'm, I'm marking this a bunch, so I'll remember to go back in and put this in the show notes. So hopefully, I, I will. It, it yeah, is super. Links, it's it a is hilarious super show. Like I watched most of it. I think I don't think I watched every episode, but I watched a good portion of them. And I think the da- Tim Daly. Tim yeah, Daly. Tim Daly. Tim Daly is his name. Uh, the Daly uh, Show. It was, but not the Daly Show. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, super funny. This particular bit is super funny because number one, uh, you get Fillion, you get uh, Rosenbaum, you get Daly all doing their thing in the same room, which is just hilarious anyway. Like secondarily, because I don't know they about were you, literally but- like laying on a bed with their arms out pretending to fly. Like it was, <laughs> it was so goddamn amazing. Plus, pretty much fucking anything Fillion's in is Rosenbaum and pretty sure had a flash me. wallet. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Doing voices is hard. My I got, my my voice is too high to do like a nice superhero d- dull, you know, like uh, smooth and and too much s, too much s, too much s, s, yes, too much s. Like you know, you know who has a lot of s. Huh. I listened to um, I listened to a lot of podcasts this week. Uh, Chris Jericho interviewed Kiefer Sutherland a couple weeks ago on Talk is Jericho. Does, does he? Is he, he like a parcel he, tongue? He kind of has like the whistle at the end of his S's sometimes even. And I'm like, give that guy a pop filter. <laughs> it helps. It helps. Please he actually it. he actually brought up a good point, though. And it was something I never thought about. Because Jericho talked about how um, in the 70s. He talked about in the 70s and 80s. And, and Jericho phrased it. He's like, it was it was almost like it was a step down. I mean, it wasn't like a step down. but And, and Sutherland was like, no, it was a step down in the 70s. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, if you went from movies to being in, in, on TV, like, it was a total step down. Mm-hmm. He said, but starting in the 80s and then progressing to the 90s up to current times, studios used to make movies just to make movies. And there was a lot more studios that were doing that. And um, so they all, and all the writers were working for the big studios writing movie scripts and whatnot. And he said, over time... The, the amount of studios that were out there making movies actively was pared down to like now there's like two major studios really like there's there's more than that but 
it boils yeah. down to like two major ones. Um, but all those writers had to go somewhere. And so they started writing for TV. And then a lot of the actors that were doing movies previously kind of followed a lot of those writers that were writing those scripts and started doing TV stuff. And that's the same time that cable, um, you know, FX and AMC and whatnot started doing, um, TV that was more cinematically oriented, like Sons of Anarchy or The Walking Dead, uh, Breaking Bad, things like that. It was, it was, it was stuff that would have only been in movies before, but now Cable's doing it because they've got these great writers that are able to write the stuff. Yeah. Um, and Definitely I got lucky in the renaissance of TV there. Yeah. I had never really thought of it that way, but it makes total fucking sense. It does. I, I never really thought of it. Now that you say it, I haven't either, especially in the, in terms of studios, but that's totally true. Like, yeah. you, and what is, even more true these days is um, at this point, Hollywood is a little bit of a formula uh, um, just in general. Like the, the main complaint I have with Hollywood or one of the main complaints anyway, is that um, you just don't get a fresh injection of new ideas. There's a whole bunch of shit that got made back then that just would not get touched today. Um, like wouldn't make it past some executive throwing the script well, in the garbage. I mean, you think about things like this and, but like breaking bad, completely original idea. So, like, in a world, in, in, a, a, world. A, day, in a day and age where people are like, everything is a remake of something else now. Where Breaking everything Bad, is a remix. <laughs> Sorry. Which is also another series. Breaking Bad was not. You no. know what I mean? Sons of Anarchy. There's an argument to be made that it's a seven season long version of Hamlet. Right? <laughs> but it's still a very original idea. Like we didn't have shows about bikers. Well, I mean the, just the serious tone of TV shows, like TV shows previous to this, there were very few like serious TV shows that really followed a serial format in the way that the rest of these do. Like that's probably one of the big things. Like we had some, you know, sort of quasi serious shows in the past, like with NYPD blue and, and shit like that. Um, which yeah. was, um, it pushed the envelope at the time of the time. And then, you know, we get to now where, they're really paying attention to the whole craft of the thing. Uh, um, well, and people don't understand, like NYPD Blue was a network show. And so it really did push the envelope um, for its time. What people don't understand about things like AMC, FX, those networks, their cable networks, honestly, there's not a lot of rules in place for what they can and can't do, especially after not a as time many, period. certainly. Yeah. Like, there are, it's, I, it's, there are rules in place, sort of like unspoken, like you won't get advertisers if you do certain yeah. shit. Cable, but, cable's considered, pay tv so there's really like they go by they honestly have the same rules as like hbo or showtime or anything else but there's niche markets and so like you're talking investors and whatnot so like if you have shows that that go a little too far wrestling is a great example like they're considered a quote-unquote pg era right now because they've got i mean they're a billion dollar company with investors and all that kind of stuff and they don't want to scare away potential money yep um but shows like Sons of Anarchy, Breaking Bad, they could get away with more because the people that are investing money into that show understand what the product is. Um, and because and there's, a, there's an allure viewers to are that. flocking to that yeah. type of thing in droves. Um, Which is why I think WWE is actually kind of stupid for doing what they're doing because I don't think they're going to lose money if they go darker. But no. Um, that's, that's a different story for a different day. The only thing that's interesting here is like WWE's audience is certainly, I, I think, wider than it used to be. Uh, at least during the Attitude Era. Um, so the Attitude Era, of course, uh, uh, really kind of being the 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 um, when, reascendant. When I was a kid, time. only kids watched wrestling, and then yeah, and then when the Attitude Era kind of came around, like as a seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old kid, that was that I was during that time. Like, um, 
it's really easy for me to envision guys standing around the water cooler at the office talking about what Stone Cold did to the boss that week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because that, that character was so appealing. Um, and I don't necessarily want to give Stone Cold all the credit for the Attitude Era, but he's certainly probably got 80% of of that. Yeah, he's a big reason why that's that is important or was important. He's the everyman. Like he represented what we all want in life, which is to be able to give our boss the finger and give him a stone cold stunner right in the middle of the ring and have or a the beer office or whatever to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Um, um but it, anyway, yeah. That's that's just cable TV is what it is. Um, I think it's great. Like I like the like what you called it the renaissance of TV because it's, um. I mean, there's just, there's so many good things to watch these days. Yeah. Like, there's so, I, I guess we'll, we'll come back to video games. We're going to talk a little bit of TV next. Cause that, that was another thing I wanted to uh, bring up or one of the things in the show notes this week I threw in there. Um, uh, there is a lot of cool TV to watch. Um, I'm going to talk about a comedy though, which is a little bit different because we've been talking about, um, I actually added something to the notes too that I don't know. If I, saw. I saw, I saw. Okay. okay. <laughs> We're just going a whole different direction. Um, but anyway, I, I threw in the TV section this week or the miscellaneous <laughs> section this week. I wanted to talk briefly about Veep. Um, I started watching Veep. It's an HBO show. Uh, stars Ju- uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. That would be... Um, Julia Louis. Yeah. Julia Louis. I said Louis. No, I know. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, you were right. I, was I like, just want to I just want to make sure... Just to be clear. The audience yeah. at large understands that even though there's an S in her name, it's Louis. Yeah. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, she, of course, uh, famously Elaine. played Elaine uh, on Seinfeld. She also did another sitcom thing on CBS, which I can't remember the name of. Nobody does. Um, my it's wife fine. watched it for a little bit. And, and Coulson was in it. Colson was like her love interest. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, uh, she's now doing Veep. Uh, she stars as the vice president of the United States, uh, um, Selena something, Selena Meyer. And the show's fucking funny. Um, um, if you wondered what happened to Anna Klumsky after My Girl, answer, she got hot. Yeah. Lots of nothing. She got super hot. Now she's on Veep. Um, yeah. No, she and she's fantastic on it. Actually, like she's, she's really great. The, the whole the whole cast is really really good. Like uh, I really like that uh, Veep sort of manages to straddle the line between being uh, too smart to be funny um, and, and being smart enough that still it's fucking hilarious and, and not up its own ass enough that they won't go for the occasional dick joke or something like that. So oh, they, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, not the occasional. I mean, they do it a lot. But I mean, I do like that it, it's sort of a, a little bit highbrow, but not like not like highbrow. Like um, when I say highbrow, I don't mean um, Fraser, which you know plays plays it being highbrow. Uh, <laughs> oh, Niles. Yeah, Niles. You put Brie on a, a bruschetta. How My dare God, you? Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not funny. Uh, anyway, the, 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 the show manages to straddle the line between being somewhat highbrow and also being, uh, just goddamn hilarious. So, uh, th- and there's a lot of people on here that, that make that so, but, um, anyway, just watch it. If so, you haven't seen it, I, I barreled through the last like two seasons, uh, or I barreled through like two seasons yesterday. So here's the deal. About 15, 16 years ago, my friend Sean and I were watching TV. Go and on. Out of nowhere, Dude looks over at me and he says, Anna Klumsky or Christina Ricci. And I was like, I have no answer for you right now. <laughs> I'm going to answer Sean right now. And that I'm is the say, Sophie's choice of our day. And I'm going to say Anna Klumsky. Yeah. I'd, I'd also go Anna Klumsky. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's, I just wanted to, I just wanted to take a trip back in the time machine and, and answer that question for my good friend who you know what's funny is i haven't um, talked to and she hasn't years. been in anything for so long and i i sat there i watched like five episodes thinking who the fuck is that where do i know her from 
And then if I finally I I IMDb it. I don't know how it took me that many episodes, but I, 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 checked I actually it out on heard IMDb. before Veep even premiered that she's going to be in it. I was like, the the my girl girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's Seriously? what everybody's like. Yeah. So um, no, but she's she's really good in the show. She's she's hilarious in the show too. Um, it, it, the whole cast. There's not really a, a cast member among them that I don't find uh, hilarious most of the time. So, um, but the show also does a good job of. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things. Like I, I like the way that they manage to weave the political storytelling aspect of things into there, uh, only slightly. Uh, because this the show is definitely not like a you're not watching House of Cards or anything like that where they're trying to give you any sort of like. Um, realistic view of Washington. Although they kind of are, it's kind of funny. Um, he, the, the, the funny thing, the funny question I heard the other day was like, uh, does the current administration, does Trump, is it more like house of cards or is it more like veep? Uh, the, the other the, thing the I answer heard is neither. Yeah, no, it's too <laughs> far for both. Um, so, uh, one of the funny things is, um, the guy, I, there was a writer on a t- on one of the podcasts I listened to from Veep the, the, uh, a couple episodes back, and he was talking about uh, one of the one of the guys on the panel asked him, "Was there anything um, that you had to, you know, especially given the current administration, were there any jokes in this season or anything that you had to cut uh, because it it was uh, you know too close?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, actually, we had we had some pee jokes in one of them." And they they decided to cut him out because it had been done to death, and they they didn't want to you know they didn't want to seem like it was like a me too sort of like glom onto things because they really sort of uh, go off in their own direction. Like uh, um, it's not like a you know it's not like purely mocking Bush Bush's administration or Obama or anything like that. It's its own thing. Um, Dog just fall down the stairs. I don't really know. No, I think she climbed up. She didn't like she fell. She kind of tripped a little. It's kind of funny. Izzy is not good. At stairs? On, on, no, she's not good on the on the laminate floors. She must feel like she's ice skating all the time. It's like Scooby-Doo. Like, when he tries <laughs> to run away from a monster every time, dude. Especially if you get the vacuum out, because she thinks it is a monster. Yeah. It's amazing. Did she ever say, ruh row? No, I, you know, no. No, okay. But yeah. the most she speaks is when you come in the door and she... Yeah, well, watch out for the meddling kids, she though. She barks just, like a hound sure. dog, and she's absolutely not a hound dog. Yeah. Anyway... Um, right. No, Veep, Veep's amazing. I've not watched as much as you have. Um, I have watched a few episodes, though. <clears throat> I'm going to take it back to the beginning. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to probably try and watch sequ- uh, sequentially. Um, that's one of my projects this summer. I'm also going to try and watch Game of Thrones. So my HBO Go is probably going to actually get... Dude, dude, dude. Some... some. I like Veep. Where? But catch up on... H- I, ca- I promise you, if you catch up on Game of Thrones, I'll catch up on Gotham. I, you got to finish Sons. Okay, deal. Either way. You gotta finish Sons. I was actually um, I'll, go, speak- I'll go shot for shot if, if that's what you want to speak- do. Speaking of Sons, um, I listened to Charlie Hunnam on. Uh, he was on AMC's Talking with Chris Hardwick. Oh yeah. Um, they so Talking is a cool idea, but I don't think AMC's actually winning any audience, especially like when it comes to people like me, because they do it on on TV, but then they air the uncut, unedited uh, interview as a podcast on the Nerdist podcast. Ooh, that's actually kind Which of. Which I just listened to that because honestly, I'd, I mean, you're just watching a show about two guys talking anyway. Um, and if I can hear him say fucking shit and whatnot without it being bleeped out, like I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. But uh, the Charlie Hunnam one was cool because they were talking about King Arthur, but they talked a lot about the character of Jax Teller and, and the success of Sons of Anarchy and stuff. And then they start taking questions from the audience, right? And this chick comes up and she's like, um, I'm so and so and I'm from here. And he goes, Ja- or uh charlie hunter goes oh you're um yeah from you know 
she goes, oh, you know, you know, you know, and Hardwick's like, you know where that is? And he goes, yeah, we did a lot, like a lot of shots for Sons, like we filmed in that town. Like that's, that's where we did it. Um, and she goes, yeah, I know. Um, she goes, my dad actually sold his bike to the show and it, it was Jax's bike, like from season one on. Wow. Damn. And, and she's like, so I guess my question is what happened to my dad's bike? And, and Charlie's like, um, I stole it and it's in my garage. <laughs> He's like, I literally stole everything from the set that I could. Like, yeah. I got my cut. I got. <laughs> Let's see, like, I, I can imagine him walking off the set with his cut, but like, then he's just like, oh, I'm just gonna take this motorcycle. And and the cut thing, the cut thing is funny too because he like he put it up on his wall and he said he had to start telling his friends like because they would come over and like they'd want to put it on. He's like, nobody fucking wears the cut. Like nobody wears the cut. <laughs> Because it was symbolic to him as, as a thing. And like, um, and he's so fucking British. It's not even funny. Like when, but, but he spent so much time acting in America, especially as Jax that like the things that he come, that come out of his mouth are like half British and then half Jax because he said the word bullshit on the thing. And it was like bullshit, you know, like, like Jax always <laughs> shit, you know, that was one of his big lines through the series. That was another example of being on cable. Like they, they, they have apparently much less limit on the word shit than they do That's the word. One of fuck, his first so. lines in the entire fucking series is like he's in there buying condoms and whatnot, and the thing, and he sees the explosion, he's like shit, and then like takes <laughs> off. Like, yeah. So anyway, that was just again. I listened to a lot of podcasts this week. That was one of them. Uh, Good stuff. I recommend listening to the Nerdist podcast. If you like our podcast, but you want to hear it done in a more professional manner, listen to the Nerdist. <laughs> I don't know that they're more professional. They maybe stay on topic a little bit better. They just get more famous people. They don't even have a topic. They just get more famous people. Just ramble. All right. So um, um, talk about Smallville. Tell me about that. I'm going to talk about Smallville just briefly. Um, and it's just an observation that my wife and I made the other day. And actually, it's her observation. So I'm going to I'm going to give her all the credit in the world for this. But um. Her and I have watched Smallville in its entirety. The kids, um, the older kids, uh, Jada and Emmy, have watched it also with us, and they've seen all of it um, over the years. Their experience and Casey's experience um, was was different than mine because I was already fully entrenched in the world of comic book lore and all this kind of stuff. Right? They come, they came into it kind of as outsiders. Um, the kids because they were younger and hadn't really gotten into comic books. Uh, Casey because she was not a nerd before I came along. <laughs> um, that was kind of her gateway. Um, it, it, and it did amazing things for her too, because like characters would be introduced into Smallville and I'd be like, I don't fucking know, you know? <laughs> um, because even though I had a big comic book background, like I, number one, I was never like really hugely a Superman guy. Um, also a lot of the characters they brought into it, like Lionel Luther and, uh, and, and other characters like that. Um, I wasn't familiar with because a lot of them came from um, like alternate reality stories and things like that. And like she actually did the research and was like, oh, this came from this and this they, came they from this. They had a lot of deep cuts in that show. Um, they did. It did. Which is, they, they got, you know, some of the bigger characters, especially in Superman lore. It's kind of amazing to me that show got made because there's no way they're making a Superman show today because that, that just like you won't see a Batman show anytime soon. Um, because that's just a, that's a movie thing. You just do that in movies, and that's it. Um, but uh, they did that a little bit with uh, Smallville too, if nothing else, because the thing went on for ten seasons. So you have to kind of get into your back catalog a little bit. But yeah, no. It but it's funny because the reason that we're watching it again now is because Natalie, because uh, the wife was like, "Well, it's summertime. Like I'm looking for something that we can just kind of sit down and watch." Mm-hmm. And Smallville, she she landed on Smallville, and. uh 
And it's so funny because the show was on for 10 years and there was the big rule, no flights, no tights, like that whole yeah. thing, right? And so like halfway through the first episode, like my kid's like, so is he going to be Superman at the end of this episode? And I'm like, <laughs> no, sweet. I'm like, kid, <laughs> you got a lot of, but, but she's so like, she's already so entrenched in, in comic book lore and stuff. And, and part of it is because not necessarily because she's got a different upbringing than my other kids had, but there's, there's so much more of it. Like she watches Supergirl every week. Like yeah. that's, that's her and I watch that together. That's a thing that we do. Um, she watches the flash. She watches legends. She watches, you know, arrow even. I didn't even know she liked arrow until the other day when I was watching the, the finale. She's like, I like that show. And I was like, really? Like, <laughs> Cause I, I wasn't so sure until this season, but you know, yeah. Um, but uh, at least one of us can definitively say it. Yeah, it, I did like the season. The season was so no, good. the season was good. Um, but just like my wife, like made that observation. She's like, it's so much different watching her watch the show than it was the older kids because she's she's absorbed so much of this already that she's just like she's ready for it to happen. You know, yeah. like I don't have to explain to her like that guy that says his name is Bart. That's really the flash, you know, yeah. like she like that's going to happen for her once you when we get to that part in Smallville and she's going to be like, why is Barry here? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> why does that guy not look like Barry kind of a thing? Yeah. Um. Anyway, just some observations from a proud nerd dad. Good job. Uh, last thing I want to mention in this, in the miscellaneous section, um, I read a book called red shirts and this is a somewhat topical for the show because I think we're pretty, in, uh, uh, we're both, I, I think star Trek nerds. Um, Absolutely. Because I think it represents Trekkies. what our society could be. Yeah. What it is. Um, and I read a lot of books. Uh, one of the writers that I really like is John Scalzi. Um, John Scalzi normally writes a more normal, you know, science fiction. Um, although he does it really, really well. Will Wheaton really likes John Scalzi as well. He does. And Scalzi's a good guy to follow on Twitter too. If you, if you're, he's at Scalzi, S C A L Z I. Um, if you haven't, if, even if you're not really a, a big literature fan or you don't like books, um, Scalzi's a good guy to follow on Twitter. Um, so anyway, Will, Will Wheaton's a big, uh, uh, Scalzi fan too. In fact, a lot of people that are really cool are Scalzi fans. My favorite author, Patrick Rothfuss, also a very big Scalzi fan. Um, so anyway, Scalzi wrote this book called Red Shirts. I picked it up the other day at the library. Uh, I sat library? down. Yeah. I sat down the other night and I was like, well, it's about midnight. I'll read a chapter or two. You know, it'll get me ready for bed. And then it was 3 a.m. and I'd finished the whole fucking book. Um, so, uh, it's a good book. Uh, the, the, the brief premise of Red Shirts is exactly what it sounds like. You have essentially characters on a spaceship, uh, much like the Enterprise, except for it's called the Intrepid. Um, and in the first chapter, uh, uh, one of the non-important characters, which it becomes immediately apparent which characters, the important characters, one of the non-important characters dies. And then you find out within the first couple of chapters that that's not an odd occurrence on the ship. And everybody's like, well, what the fuck? Why did, why did these guys die all the time? And uh, the answer may shock you. Keep clicking for more. Um, anyway, go read the book. The book is really, really funny. Um, number one, it's very hard for me to find a book that I actually laugh at on, on purpose. Um and and I will laugh with rather I should say not laugh at there's there's plenty of books I laugh at um but it's very hard to find a book that actually makes me laugh and that is so engrossing that I managed to fit it in a single or finish it in a single sitting so um read red shirts there's a lot of uh, nerd humor nerd lore in there too uh talking about uh b- because um the the book is uh, also probably one of the most meta fucking things I've ever read in my entire life uh that's all I'll say about it cuz I don't want to give it away um but you should check that out um uh, if you're not a reader 
and prefer the audio format, you can download Red Shirts by John Scalzi on audible.com. Uh, and it is narrated, in fact, by Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Which yes. adds a <clears throat> fucking 75th layer of meta, uh, uh, Will Wheaton having come from Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's. I had a feeling that was one of the ones that he did. Because uh, yeah. he also did Ready Player One as well. Yeah, w- Will. It's funny because Will Will does narrate books on occasion. Um, but yeah, this is probably the most perfect book for him to do. Will Will is really funny. I, I I was again. I was listening to the Nerdist the other day, and I don't even remember which episode of the Nerdist it was that I was that I was uh, listening to. But like, um, Will Wheaton and another of um, and I can't remember her name, and I'm sorry, but uh, was. They they had recorded a different project with with Chris Hardwick, and then he decided he was going to record the open for the the episode that I was listening to, um, and they totally just bantered through the entire opening <laughs> of a different podcast that they weren't even in. But like it was, um, and if you if you've ever listened to the first episode that Will was on, um, the Nerdist with with Chris Hardwick, you know that they're lifelong friends, or, or at least they've been friends since like you know early adulthood um they coined the phrase fuck the snake out of the cage and right. there's a story behind it there's a story behind <laughs> it so. um but like <laughs> hardwick was trying to do his read for casper mattresses yeah and well was like would you say that a casper mattress fucks the snake out of the cage and he was like <laughs> well i don't know if they would say that <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like shut up will i'm trying to get the money yeah um I don't want to lose these guys as a sponsor, Will. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, anyway, um, Will Wheaton's another, he, he's just interesting to follow in all the facets of things that he does. Like, he, he is a nerd's nerd. Like, dude, he's the proto nerd, really. He did an episode of Talk is Jericho with Chris Jericho. He and, did. And, and it was a good fucking And I was episode. like, this is insane. And then you find out, like, partway through that, like, Wheaton's a pro wrestling fan. Like, he was a big fan when he was a kid. Like, he watched, he, like, he remembers all these guys. Yep. You know, from back in the day and whatnot. And then, um, for whatever reason, like him and Jericho had, they had good chemistry. Like it was, it was, they nuts. did. Cause J- Jericho has a little bit of a nerd too. Like they were both talking about their D and D characters and shit yeah. like that. And I was like, yeah, all right. All right. Yeah. Keep going guys. It was, it was, you got a natural 20. What? You know? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, so Tomb Raider, you want to talk about Tomb Raider? Let's a talk bit? about some video games. Um, since, since, uh, Tomb Raider is, I think the one we're going to spend some time on. I want to talk about Overwatch briefly. Um, we don't have to go in the show note order. It's just, it's not a rule. Um, so Overwatch. Uh, Overwatch more of a guideline. Yeah. Overwatch had a free weekend this last week. Um, Overwatch is a game made by Blizzard. Uh, there's a few things that are really, really cool about it. Number one, it is basically a, uh, a shooter. It, it is an online only game. Um, in much the same way that a lot of people play Call of Duty or uh, Battlefront 2, you go, you play against other players, uh, whatever. What's interesting about uh, this particular game is um, you have sort of four main classes of heroes. Uh, so that that's what you call your characters in the game, heroes. You have four main classes of heroes. Um, they are sort of uh, uh, broken up into similar classes if you've ever played WoW. Um, there's DPS, it, tank. Yeah, there's healer. DPS, tank, healer, and uh, defense. Defense are, tend to be like sniper type characters. Uh, um, they have, but see, the interesting thing here is there's something like, I think 16. Yeah, I think it's 16. No, it's more than that. Um, because there's more than that per, uh, I want to say there's six characters per class. So like 24 different characters altogether. Um, so what's interesting is you can play in each of, in one of those classes. So for example, you can play a healer class. 
But there are six different healers, and they all have, like, a little bit fundamentally different play st- styles. So one character heals with more, uh, like, a traditional sort of, like, you shoot a thing at them. Rather, th- you, you, you shoot a thing like at them. You one one character yeah, at a time. Yeah, yeah, So instead of, you know, you're still playing a shooter fundamentally. You go and you shoot, and you hit the guy, and that heals them. Um, or you can play another character, and uh, instead of shooting, it's sort of like a trigger and hold, and you just have to stay near them sort of thing, and you slowly heal damage over time. I assume there's aoe healers as well where you can heal like an entire group yes uh it, oftentimes the aoe stuff is more like a um uh so they each have their you know that stands for area of effect yeah thanks um there there are aoe healers but they tend that tends to be more like um the superpower sort of thing so right. like they each have like an ultimate move I, I have zero experience with this game so like i'm just i'm conjecturing at yeah, this point yeah yeah, yeah. Th- that tends to be like a, a um a super move um so you know throughout the game like if you're a healer you your super move charges up the more you heal if you're uh pretty much anybody else your super move charges up more the the, the more you kill other guys um Anyway, the game is mega, mega interesting because amongst these classes, there's different play styles, even amongst them, the classes. So, like, you can play one type of healer and it's, uh, a little bit, it's completely different from playing a different type of healer. Uh, likewise, you can play one type of tank and it's completely different from playing a different type of tank. Um, so there's all these different strategies you can employ in playing all these different characters. Number two that's really interesting about it to me is, um, the game massively encourages this team aspect. Um, so number one, there's 26 heroes. You play in six-man teams. Um, you can only pick one of each per game. So, like, if you play Hanzo, um, which is a defense character, there's only going to be one Hanzo on your team. So you can have six other defense characters, uh, but the game will actually prompt you and say that this team is weak because you've only got, uh, uh, you don't have any healers, you don't have any tanks, you don't have any attack characters. Um, so, um, the game will actually kind of encourage you to do those things. And once you start doing those things, you get these interesting sort of combinations and shit that you can do uh, um, that makes it a lot of fun. So each match, I'm finding myself like having a lot of fun just playing it as a basic sort of shooter game. And then once you start getting into the advanced class a little bit of like, oh, if I stick close to this character, I'm going to be able to enhance their effect of doing this thing uh, uh, sort of thing. Um, or, you know, the strategizing of like, okay, so I'm playing, uh, um, a defense character, which is kind of tends to be a sniperish type of character. Um, so I need to play in this play style and stuff like that. Uh, um, just super, super fun game. The other thing I wanted to mention about this game, uh, before we move on to something else, it's the smoothest fucking game I think I've got on my computer. Oh. Um, and, uh, this is, you know, like I played a lot of different stuff on my, on my computer. Uh, number one is, um, in order to get this game, I had to download the Blizzard desktop client, um, which I didn't realize was a thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's their, it's their new, well, not even new. It's, it's a few years old now, but so like, it's, number one, it's kind of their thing. I am not at all a fan of every fucking game company having their own desktop client. I don't want to have to download Ubisoft's desktop client. Bethesda and has one now too. Bethesda's desktop client and Steam and, uh, uh, Steam, uh, Steam and Steam and Blizzard all accept. The rest of them can go fuck themselves because see th- that's the thing. They're all trying to do the thing. Like Ubisoft has their own thing because you got to buy their games through their portal and uh, blah 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 blah. And I just don't like it at all. Like I, I'm not, especially when there's a store aspect. Like the, the Bethesda one blows my mind because like everything that's on Bethesda is available through Steam. 
See, and, and this is where it doesn't really bother me. Like, if it's a shared code situation, which is the kind of the way I feel about Blizzard's thing, um, you don't actually buy the... Like, all the buy game links just send you to a web page. Like, it just right. opens your browser and you go there. Um, so, if it's like that, that doesn't necessarily bother me. I think they're all, all they're doing really is sharing the launcher code. Um, so, you can see all the games they produce because it's not a very, you know, vast quantity of games. What bugs me is I don't want 19 different storefronts. Um, You're right. Like, I don't mind some competition. Like, if there's going to be Origin and they're going to have, you know, decent sales on, and, and they're going to compete with Steam, and maybe the Windows Store is going to try to compete, which, by the way, the no, Windows it doesn't, Store... it doesn't compete The Windows Store anything. has, yeah, completely fucked the dog. Just stop. Um, so, if there's competition, that doesn't really bother me. But all of these game companies having their own, like, little store thing that they have to build, like, you're just wasting energy, I think, at that point. Like, there's no point... There's no point in my life in which I'm ever going to say, gee, I wonder what games are for sale. I'm going to go check out the Uplay store. Yeah, I think the only Bethesda game that you can't get on Steam is Fallout Shelter, which is a mobile game, or started out as a mobile game, but now it's evolved into a desktop game. And like, Interesting. I, don't, I have it. I have the client. I downloaded it specifically because I was like, oh, what, what's the difference between this and the mobile game? Nothing. There's no difference. <laughs> um <clears throat> The uh, the aspect of Overwatch that I wanted to ask about is the in-game chat. Like, is it as toxic as every other fucking Blizzard game that I've played where there's in-game chat where they're like, what the fuck? Have you ever fucking healed before? What the fuck's wrong with you? So it sort of depends. Um, so I, I first off... Um, what the fuck? Don't, don't you know how to play DPS? Come on. At some point, I probably will turn on in-game chat, but I'm a new player, and yeah. so... You're like, not playing your character right. Fuck off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm a new player. So number one is if you're playing competitive, like, um, so there's a, a, a few different modes of play. So you can play like sort of a, a, you know, free game, which is, you know, just go put me in a match. Um, we can stick together and play together or whatever. That's optional. There is another mode that's arcade and then you get all different types of play styles, um, but still nothing on the line. There's competitive and then there's one other mode that I'm forgetting. So if you're playing competitive, um, expect people to be wound a little tighter. Um, I, I don't know that they're necessarily going to be assholes. Like one of the things that attracted me to this is because one of the podcasters that I listened to was talking about this game specifically. And he said he, in particular, he's impressed by the fact that the company is uh, the, the, um, in-game chat isn't all just like 11 year olds calling you a nigger and, uh, telling you how they fucked your mom. Um, <laughs> So once uh, again, once again, that that we we don't want that word confused with the way Bill Maher used it. <laughs> yeah, no, um, uh, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, I realized white guy shouldn't probably say it at all, but uh, Eddie's black. No, he's uh, not. no, no, uh, he's not. So anyway, yeah, I don't think it counts uh, that way. But anyway, um, it's because that is a thing that happens. Unfortunately, no, no you were um, being descriptive. So it's it's, it's it's not like right. it's not like Call of Duty. Like in that the the in game chat is absolutely like the first thing you do when you get to that. You don't even bother with it. You don't even think nobody Your in their mom's right a mind. Whore and I fucked her and I didn't pay her. Yeah, the, nobody in their right mind thinks I should go on and play Call of Duty and turn on the in game chat unless you like uh, uh, being called a faggot over and over and over again. Um, that's just not something you do. Um, yeah, because usually, like, you play those games. And then eventually I get to a point where I'm like, look, kid, the only thing you fucked is your fucking mattress. All right. <laughs> or worse, worse, you're like seven and we both know you don't get erections yet. Um, yeah. So 
anyway, no, I don't think that's the case. I do think that uh, there, there, I'm, I'm, there's no shortage of that. The game is big enough that w- when you introduce size to a, any sort of community, the game is going to be like you, you're never going to not run into that at some point. But I do think that um, the Blizzard community tends to, uh, the Overwatch community tends to self-regulate a little bit more. My wife would tell you that I've never introduced size to anything. <laughs> Uh, I think the the Overwatch community self-regulates a little bit more, so they don't put up with as much of that shit, um, because it is a little bit of an older, like, it's not as, like, it's not like Call of Duty, where the object is basically run in and kill shit. Like, you have to be a little bit uh, more grown-up to play it well, um, so you can play the the sort of, um, like, if you're not playing competitive, you're not going to get raked over the coals for fucking up too much, especially because they also level rank you too. So like if you're playing, um, uh, within your level, you know, if you're playing level one and two, nobody really expects everybody else. Like when I started playing, I was like, I don't know what any of this shit does. It probably took me three matches before I realized what the differences in classes were. And then you have to play through, there's 26 heroes. So you got to go through 26 matches just to touch each one a, a tiny little bit and get what they're even about. Um, so no, it's it's not that bad. Um, it's uh, but that said, I haven't really spent a lot of time. I didn't really turn it on most of the time I played so far, just because I don't want to deal with um, that. I, I will say though that the default is push to talk. So you're anytime you're playing by default, um, y- you can push to talk and everybody can hear you. Most most of the time so far, that's meant I haven't really heard anything. Uh, on occasion, I heard you know uh, a couple of guys. They're mostly fine. They're like, oh yeah, get in there, kick that guy's ass. Uh, okay, uh, you. You know, just simple, you know, normal shit, like n- normal, you know, there's no reason. That I'm, I'm it's, good with, it's I'm good with like guidance, you know what I mean? Like, but like the, the, what I mean by toxic is exactly what you said. Like, you know, name calling, yeah. you know, if you're just going to be a dick about it, then just fuck off. Don't, but if you're like, don't, don't hey, be dude. 12 and act like you're grown up because you spent more time in front of your fucking computer monitor than I have. Yeah. If um, you're going to be, if you're going to be like, uh, um, you know, yelling, cause like, uh, they don't know how to play mercy, right. Then just piss off didn't like, we talk about this in like our second episode i don't know maybe pretty sure our second episode was like i can eat cookies whenever i want or something oh like yeah that. it was um and, and it was for this very same reason but like that's 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 like the whole reason why i'm an advocate for like if you can create your own wow server <laughs> like <laughs> it's probably gonna be more fun because you don't have all those fucking little 12 year old dicks yeah i get why I, I get why uh blizzard wants everybody as as um as many people as possible on their own wow server but i really think the community would probably be better off if you could sort of cordon that shit off a little bit yeah i i think i think they should like honestly i think their big plan would be like okay it's still a a a paid service right but like you can you can be like this is my server and then see like like, we'll use my machine we'll host this and then i'll serve it to like these people only if they if they kind of grew up the the guild idea a little bit you know uh, and just had to be like a whole you know like server a whole server that was invite only like that that might be the way to go yeah yeah Yeah. probably right let's talk about tomb raider because we've been we've been dancing around this tomb raider we've been dancing around this bitch all night yeah um so uh, in 2013, a little relaunch of a dearly beloved series um, by Square Enix. By Square Enix. Um, who did the original games? Was it Square? Eidos, Eidos Interactive. Yeah. 
so Eidos did. Uh, I think Eidos still technically exists, but I think it was absorbed by Square Enix. I think you're probably right. So Eidos did uh, uh, the original Tomb Raider games, and um, they were fun. PlayStation. They were fun platformers. They they introduced like dive mechanics and shit like that, which is interesting because all of us and Laura could dive off into a fucking uh, uh, concrete floor. <laughs> You could dive onto a concrete floor if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, if you're smart, you only dove into water. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, but it was a fun platform game. There was puzzles involved. You, know, you had some sort of run jump mechanics, like uh, uh, early versions of, um, you know, sort of like Prince of Persia grown up. I want to say Tomb Raider got to the Prince of Persia playstyle in 3D before yeah. Prince of Persia did. It did. It did. Because um, the Prince of Persia that was around at the time that Tomb Raider came out was side scrolling. Yeah, and so uh, of course Prince Persia later went on to be more, you know, a, a little bit like Tomb Raider. Like I said, Tomb Raider really got to that mechanic before uh, Prince Persia did in 3D, at least. Um, but just generally, kind of a generic sort of game, uh, um, you know, family friendly. You could sit and play with your kids and whatever. And then Tomb Raider 2013 comes out after a long hiatus. Tomb Raider series, I think, uh, the last game Tomb Raider as was a, several years as a before console like a platform game had kind of done all it could do. There was an anniversary edition of Tomb Raider that, that kind of revamped the original game and retold the story and, and more updated graphics and whatnot. And it was a pretty cool game. Um, but it, 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 it had stagnated like the, the franchise. It's just, you know, like Angelina Jolie ended up playing Lara Croft in the film adaptation. Uh, my problem with those movies was not her. My problem was, the absolute fucking garbage that they wrote. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm just saying, like, when you go watch those movies, they're, they're like throwaway popcorn flicks. I own um, both of them on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're essentially throwaway popcorn flicks you watch with the family, or you, you probably rent on DVD and you forget about them immediately afterwards. Um, meanwhile... Tomb Raider 2013 comes out. Uh, so Tomb Raider 2013, the game, and they've decided that they're going to sort of reinvent this character uh, uh, fairly significantly. So there's a lot of different things. So number one, this game is sort of interesting in that it maintains some of the original Tomb Raider classic sort of stuff in that there's some puzzles. Uh, so far, the puzzles have been pretty easy, I think. The, well, it depends. If you do the tombs, which, okay, so number one, this game, first game in the franchise where you can actually complete the game in its entirety without raiding a tomb yeah so this game this game is really interesting because number one it takes more of a cinematic story-based approach um and the story is really sort of the quintessential thing here in a lot of regards uh don't get me wrong the play mechanics are amazing and i really like it but this game is really kind of more of a story driven driven it it is sort of like the batman reboot uh to schumacher's uh batman versus robin that you've been waiting for um and and so there's a lot of things about this game and and i mean that you know in a very good way most games that reboot in most you know properties right now that say we just got to take that character in a gritty direction they're they're totally fucking wrong but this game is actually tons and tons of fun and i think they get a lot of that right they do get gritty with it in fact they they get downright rapey with it at the beginning well they do they do lots of things that are Um, really kind of edgy like so in tomb raider um when you die um like the original games it's not really that big a deal um you die like any other character you just kind of crumple into a heap and you're, yeah yeah you're yeah you die like any other character has ever died and it's not really that big a deal in this game when you die it's fucking brutal um when you die uh, uh it's either because you're getting shot with a machine gun or because you were uh careening down a zipline and didn't let go at the right time and impaled yourself on tree limbs or 
Yeah, and something. when we say that, like, you impaled yourself, it's not like the screen fades to black and it's like, you died, you know, start over. It's, it's like, it Lara shows her- Croft hanging from a tree limb that's jutting through her spine. Yeah, it, it's, it's fucking brutal. Uh, <clears throat> so, that's one thing. This is not your kid's game. Like, I, I, I don't think I would let either of my kids play this game just because there <laughs> is a lot of language in it and there's a lot of a brutal fucking murder. Language isn't something that I, that, that my kids are, are shy about, um. But it was funny because I was playing this game the other day and I, 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 Natalie was watching me and I was like, Natalie, you really shouldn't probably watch me while I'm playing this. And like her mom's over there on the other side of the room going, I'm sure it's fine. And, you know, and then like the next day I'm playing it and Natalie's watching me again. And I was like, didn't say anything because like her mom, the next, you know, the previous time was like, well, whatever, you know. And then like she hears Natalie be like, you shot that guy in the face with an arrow. And I'm like, (laughs) Yes, I did. And then, like, all of a sudden, Casey's like, maybe you shouldn't watch that game. And I'm like, told you. Now? Now? <laughs> yeah, we had you know. a similar moment when uh, Kellen was watching me. So, Kellen is about Natalie's age. He's three. I think Natalie's four, right? Yeah, she'll, she's almost five, actually. She'll be five in July. Okay. But. So, Nat- Natalie's about a year older than probably maybe a year and a half. Anyway, uh, Kellen came up and did the same thing. He's entranced by video games. He's a fucking... Ga- he's savant. already... He's a savant. He's a savant. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Um, So, he comes over. He's like, what are you playing, Dad? And I was like, I'm playing Tomb Raider. You, you can't watch this. Go away. And so, I'm playing Tomb Raider as it gets to a particularly brutal fucking part. I can't remember what exactly it was was um but it was along the lines of like you have to brutally murder somebody in game um and i'm like no you definitely cannot watch this like you definitely you definitely cannot watch this i'm just saying there's no point of any previous tomb raider game where i'd be like uh yeah you can't watch this um but even like he's three and so you're thinking well yeah well adjusted for a three-year-old there's a lot of things they probably shouldn't see but like i've got a 10-year-old and i don't think i'd be comfortable necessarily letting my 10-year-old play this game um so there's there's that whole aspect. We get this gritty reboot. Um, it's very story focused. The other thing that I think is a little bit different is that this game is much more a shooter than it is a platformer, uh, like prior Tomb Raider games. Um, I don't know. Yes and no. I mean, don't I, get me wrong. I didn't play a ton of ton of Tomb Raider before, it, but it's it's still third person, so that's why I don't like equate it with a shooter at all because it's 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 totally third person the entire. It's not like Bioshock. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Um, I get that. Uh, it, it's not. It, it's kind of like Ghost Recon. Um, Ghost Recon, I think, is also sort of at its heart a, a shooter. Uh, um, especially the earlier versions. I'm not thinking of Wildlands as much, but the earlier versions where you play a lot of third Rainbow person. Rainbow Six. Yeah. That was yeah. the first one. Yeah, the yeah, very yeah. first one. Where you where you play a lot of like third person. Uh, uh, those types of games where you play third person, but it's still primarily a shooter. Siphon filter. Yeah, siphon filter is probably the, the 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 closest thing I can equate it to because or um, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it's 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 that type of game. I mean, it is. There's an aiming radical. <laughs> you know, um, no, I I really have been having fun. With, I I played this game before. Full disclosure, I'm kind of an internet pirate, and so. <laughs> The first time I played Tomb Raider, it was um, most of the dialogue was in Russian because he meant that, that was as a performance piece. That was the copy that I could get. Yeah, um, but hypothetically, I've kind of joined the legit community uh, as of uh, a, a couple of years ago, and I'm I'm on Steam, and so I I, I picked up Tomb Raider um, as part of a deal. Yeah, I bought a I bought a Tomb Raider collection. It included everything except 
Rise of the Tomb Raider because that was still a, a AAA title at the time. It was it was a uh, I think it still is. I checked it out because yeah, I was like, oh, it's, by it's now it's got to be on sale. Well, it's, it's because it's a new version. It's twentieth anniversary twentieth anniversary edition now. Oh, fuck that you're getting. Um, but uh, so it included everything except for Rise. And initially, I kind of picked it up because I was like, I want to play the old games again. Yeah. And then I was I I tried. I, I tried to they like program hold up as no, well. No, and I tried to program my controller to where it would even work, and I was like, "Fuck this! Yeah, this is this is a waste." But um, but I did um, I was like, you know what? That was a shitty Russian port that I had. I'm gonna play the real thing, and I started just a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, and uh. God damn, it's a good game. It's it's so fun. Like I like the story. Um I I I'm uh Eddie Eddie came over today to do the show and I was actually playing when he walked in the door. Um cuz that's that's the environment I like to foster. Like I didn't have to get up and stop playing the game to answer the door cuz he just walks in when he gets here. <laughs> uh, um well, I I mean that's that's kind of the way I view like like if I don't know you then you have to knock. Yeah. But like, if I already know you're coming over, then like, why stand on ceremony? Like, just, just come the fuck in, put your beer in the fridge and like, yeah, we, we know, we, we both know you're going to let me in anyway. Yeah. So let's skip the bullshit where yeah. you have to get up. And, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't knock when I go to my friend's house either. I just walk in. <laughs> that's, that's how I do things. Um, although I wouldn't do that at your house because your dog would try and eat my dick. Probably. But, uh, Anyway, <laughs> or she'd bark it off at the very least. Yeah, she'd she'd at least stand there and bark for an hour, and I'd be like, "I've been here for an hour. Shut yeah. the fuck up." <laughs> uh, no. Um, and, and one of the things he commented is like, "Oh, you're a bow man," because I totally just shoot dudes in the head with a bow, because that's what I do. Yeah. So that's another fun thing here is you get different weapons in the game fairly early on. Um, so like you can play uh, primarily bow. You can do uh, pistols. You can do um automatic weapons you can do shotgun i, I actually do vary it up a l- quite a bit more than i did my first playthrough my first playthrough i was like if i can't beat this with the bow then fuck it i don't want to um and, and the you second totally play- can too oh you, you totally can if you're really good you really really can um because basically it, it headshots kill um so even if you're not you know super powered up on your bow headshots kill pretty much all the time i um, mean there there are guys with uh shields yeah like the dudes that have like the car doors yeah and whatnot and those um, my tactic for those guys is I run straight at them and I jump over them and then when they swing I turn around with a shotgun and just <laughs> shotgun shoot them in the, in the face. face. <laughs> That's actually a brilliant ta- tactic. I never thought of trying to jump over them. Yeah, I, I just found you know like the the first tutorial of that game was like, well, if you just dodge, it'll open them up to attack. So I just do that and I shotgun them after that. I don't even know how to dodge. I've never dodged. Shift, once. shift. Yeah, I've never done it. You don't really need to. Um, you can for a little bit more like uh, flavor. Um, you can dodge, and I think one of the like power ups you can get is uh, dodge with um, um, you kill can hit mechanics. Them with the climbing axe. Now, I, I have I have the I have those unlocked. I can I if I want to dodge, <laughs> then I can, can hit them with my climbing axe. Yeah, and but stab them in the face with an arrow. You're like Neo in the Matrix when when you're truly the one, you won't have to. You know that's 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 kind of how I view it. I'm just like if I can't run straight at them and blow them away, then yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I I you know the other thing that it's just the bow mechanics are really satisfying in this game. Oh, it's fun. It's, it's so number super one. Fun. The, bow I have the compound bow now too. The, the the big thing about the bow mechanic here is that it's the stealth move. Um, so if you want to, you can play this kind of like a stealth game. It, this isn't. 
I don't think there's like a ghost mode. Like if you played Dishonored or something like that, or or um, uh, Deus Ex, um, there's like a ghost mode where you can go through the whole game without killing anybody. You can't do that. I don't think. I don't think that's that. I think you're eventually gonna get thrown into a situation where uh, uh, if you don't go balls there's a out, part in storyline where you have to kill somebody to progress. So yeah, yeah. you can't. But well, I mean, I think even in uh, um, in Dishonored, you do technically have to kill people, but it's more like cutscene bot. Or no, maybe I'm thinking of Deus Ex. One of the games actually, I want to. I think it's Deus Ex that uh, came out with like a director's cut, so you could do a true ghost mode and not have to kill anybody directly. Um, at least with weapons, uh, um, I think they still do end up dying. But it's like, well, I didn't push him; he fell, sort of thing. Uh, um, so, but this game, I don't think is that. I think you you are going to hit some encounters where you have to uh, um, be noticed. You, um, you are going to get to a point in this game where you're gonna you're gonna walk up behind somebody, and you have to kill them. Like there's yeah. no way around it. You're gonna have to kill them. But then there's going to be this thing that they're trying to like pull up on pulleys, and you have the option to shoot the 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 mechanic that yeah. holds it up. You're going to be tempted to do that. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just for your own benefit. Don't do that because it'll alert everybody in the immediate area that you're there. You have to actually kind of go around and, and do things stealthily. Yeah, um, and it's it has to do with a lot of um, arrows to the head. Yeah, Quietly. so th- th- I also have a silencer for my pistol too, which comes in handy. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, I haven't gotten that far. Not, you're not that far yet, but yeah. Anyway, I totally dig. I totally dig the bow. Uh, um, I like the bow because it's got a pretty satisfying bow mechanic. Like it's got a draw mechanic in it, um, so you do get more power in your bow if you you hold it longer. Yep. Essentially, um, so that's a lot of fun, and you can't hold it infinitely, so you can't just ro- run around with the draw the bow drawn the whole time. Uh, eventually, she gets tired and just lets loose. So that's a fun sort of thing. I think a fun way to do that. Um, um, playing on, on PC, it's a lot easier to headshot. So, um, I just, I run around with a bow and I headshot bitches all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, okay. So here's the, here's the difference between now and then too. Like when I had that shitty Russian port of it and it wasn't shitty. It was the, it was the game. It just, I didn't yeah. understand the words. <laughs> um, uh, I was like, man, I really would like to play with this with a controller. Cause I'm so used to playing Tomb Raider with a controller no, now, it's a, it's definitely a game you want on. Your now keyboard it's and mouse. like I wouldn't trade my keyboard and mouse for anything because like I'm just like whoop whoop whoop. Yeah, that's your head. That's your head. That's your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, see, it's funny because there's a lot of games like that where um you think that, like um you know even playing I think on uh, the only uh, Grand Theft Auto like for example is another game you'd think you'd want to play solely key uh, controller and don't get me wrong I fucking hate drive- driving in Grand Theft Auto without a controller um, but uh, especially when you're playing any sort of shooter heavy mission a lot of the times with games like that I'll actually switch between I um, haven't done that I have not played Grand Theft uh, GTA 5 I assume is what you're talking about I actually have GTA 4 on PC and I have GTA 5 on 4 can, exists? Uh, on what is 4? GTA 4 you didn't play that at all? no it's probably like four dollars on Steam. You should go get it. But uh, I played GTA three. I played uh, Vice City. G- GTA four is uh, with uh, Nico Bellic and his cousin. And then I played San Andreas a little bit. Did you want to go bowling? You never heard the bowling memes. No. Oh, interesting. Never um, played GTA four. I didn't even know it existed. I it's thought, a good game. It's a good game. I thought five came out just because like it wasn't. You thought they pulled a Microsoft? Went from nine to went from eight to well. Eight I knew to 10. I knew there was three, but then like there was. They stopped numbering them after that because they yeah, did San they Andreas. Like three San Andreas, Vice City. Well, because um, uh, or Vice City Vice was City, Vice City, Vice City was, was the same yeah. character as as three. 
Mm-mm. I thought, no? No. San Andreas, no. Vice City and 3. Oh. Vice City and 3 were the same guy, Maybe because it's the past guy. The Italian guy. Maybe. But then San Andreas was, uh, you were the black dude. Because Vice City was in the past. And I'm trying to remember if that was the same. I think it's Tony is his actual, is his name. Yeah, Tony. I think it was Tony. But but the black dude was San Andreas. Yeah. And I never saw 4. CJ. CJ. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um. But yeah, this is a game I really like playing on keyboard and mouse. It's much more of a shooter game than it is like sort of a platformer style. And and the platformer style I think works out fairly well for this uh game even on a keyboard and mouse. Um some of those um games I really hate playing with anything. Like I really would not play an Assassin's Creed game on a not controller at least as it exists today. Um maybe they you know do a sort of whole revamping and that doesn't make sense anymore, but I would really want to play that type of game on a controller. Um whereas this game I much prefer a keyboard and mouse because the shooting out element of it is uh much much higher than in um previous uh Lorecraft games. So Yeah, and I highly recommend DS4 for Windows. Yeah, we talked about this. DS4 for Windows, that's a dual shock for Windows. Um the, the application I think is called DS4 for Windows. Yeah, if As you if DS you, if you have a PS4 and you'd like to use your your PS4 controller, um yeah. this will this will actually essentially take it and map it like it's it's an Xbox controller. Um yeah. And I have a 360 controller and a shitty receiver I bought off of Amazon that keeps forgetting what driver it needs, so every couple every time I restart Windows, I have to go to device manager and tell it what driver it is that's um, terrible it's really fucking annoying like it's so much so that i was on amazon the other day looking at a steam controller because i was like well at least that would fucking work for sure dude they were on sale last week yeah steam controllers i think i i really regularly see them on sale for like 35 dollars. and since i know that's a quality controller I'm, I'm i'm sort of opting to go that direction what i think i'm actually at have is you, have you used your ps4 controller yet no the it's, only- it's it's stupid easy the only reason I haven't used my PS4 controller now is because my kids take that over a lot. Um, so, I, the, And the only reason I'm really considering buying another controller is because I do kind of want a controller that is just dedicated to my PC so that when I sit down on my PC, I don't have to fight for it. Um, not that it's a hard fight. I'm, I'm the grown-up. and I, Like I said, I can beat the shit out of my kids. But um, the, the uh, I was looking at controllers uh, the, a couple of weeks ago because, um, you know, I want that. And so, like, the, the um, Steam controller is only, like... 35 bucks regularly whereas um both the xbox and the ps4 controller 60 are bucks 60 dollars um i saw costco though costco Sorry. had a deal the other the other week for a 50 dollar uh a dual shock so i thought about yeah, getting but that didn't you have to buy like the ps4 to get it for 50 bucks i don't think so i think this was i mean maybe i'll have to go look it up more more carefully but i thought that that was the um just the regular old dual shot controller for 50 bucks so if that was the case though like i said I, i'd kind of lean in the direction of checking out a steam controller the only thing that i'm not sure about is it's got that kind of like weird mouse pad instead of a right stick i think there's a left stick um and then the right stick is more like a mouse trackpad sort of thing so i don't know i, yeah, I, really, I don't know if i'd be able to do that I really wish there was a place where I could test it out because I like the idea of it because there's potentially more precision. Um, I just don't know how much more precise it would be. So, uh, um, and, and how much time it would take to get used to, um, because that's the other thing. Like, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time getting used to a controller, especially if it's going to oh, make me, weird. 
if it's going to make me like totally be fucked up on every other game that I played. Well, the idea behind the Steam controller is essentially that um, they wanted to make a controller that you could sit back and use on your couch for any game. Um, and so for the Steam controller, you can map anything to anything else, essentially. So you can play PC games, regular PC games, not designed for a controller on a controller. Um, so that's an interesting concept. They've got like a D-pad on the left and then it legit is like a, a touch mouse thing on the right yeah and then there's a there's one analog stick yeah and then so, of course the abxy start select and a steam button instead of a playstation or a, a xbox button yeah <clears throat> the uh ps4 controllers i don't actually have one right here but um the the touchpad in the middle of it like it works as a mouse oh, if you have your ds4 for windows worth open. noting uh the d-pad even is a mouse pad is it you can use it like that too weird yeah um i presume you can set that per game or something like that so overall we're we're pretty huge fans of of tomb raider 2013 neither of us actually have rise yet um i i'm almost positive the next time it's on a steam sale though we'll both buy it i think you're probably pretty correct um this i played it a lot um i i don't know why i stopped playing it i only finished about 50 percent of the game before i think this time i'm going to try to get through the whole thing i'm at I imagine I'm at like 64, 65% complete yeah. right now. So, um, I played it a lot before and I really liked the game. And for, for whatever reason, I forgot about it and, uh, just didn't play it anymore. I don't know what that is. Like, it obviously turns out I have a short attention span. There's so many different properties that I've watched, uh, halfway through it's, or it's started easy playing for me through. to get distracted. Like, right now I'm playing Tomb Raider a lot, but like, if my kids come over next week and they're like, Hey, let's play Super Mario World until we have all 96 stars, I'll be like, all right. Yeah. Like, deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what happened. Like, in, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure that another different game came out that I had to play. Like, what's killing me right now is, uh, the other day, uh, Witcher 3 finally went on a Steam sale. It was like 20 bucks. Yeah. I so, so I got, I got the Witcher 3. And so, like, I've been still playing Tomb Raider, but every single day I open my computer, I'm like, oh, there's a new game right there. You're going to play that new game. I'm holding out until I can get all the Witcher games for 20 bucks and then I'll do it. Dude, that might be a while. It'll by be, then there'll it'll, be there'll be a witcher 4 and you'll be that's like well exactly what i'm waiting for someday that's exactly what i'm waiting for <laughs> all right um so anything any, anything else on tomb raider um not so much um i just i love technology yeah uh steam for one like we've bitched about valve before and and how their shit could be integrated a little bit better than than it currently is but i really like the the platform that is steam because i'm just like oh i want to look up this game and i'm like oh okay here it is or like just so, the sales the, the steam sales themselves I'll, I'll tell you cripple you i'll tell you I'm, I'm a little bit uh less steam uh, for, number one steam i think was getting a little bit too close to being the de facto on the pc oh so it, I think is, the, it is absolutely the de facto now yeah well sort of i think the publishers are sort of getting sick of that so they're a lot more apt to release their games on their own shit now so you have you know all these different competing clients and what have you um and so number one, <laughs> all that means is that when you torrent it you don't actually have to have like the little deal that emulates steam yeah, so number one, um, I get annoyed a little bit with Steam um, because they're, well, not really with Steam so much as PC gaming. I get a little annoyed with that because there's not a de facto location where I can go to buy games. On the other hand, I do also kind of like that because uh, they're not being a de facto location where I can go to buy games means that there's some competition in them. Whereas if you want to get a digital game on the PlayStation Store, there's one fucking price and that's the price you're going to pay and usually it's higher than pretty much everywhere else. Um, you can go buy the game on Amazon for 35 bucks; It'll still be $60 digitally on the PlayStation. Um, 
you can go buy the game on Steam for, you know, 25 bucks. It'll still be $60 on the PlayStation Store because what the fuck else are you going to do if you want to buy a game digitally on the PlayStation? So that, that really gets on my nerves. Um, but the other thing that gets on my nerves too is of the different clients, Steam is getting to be the worst one of them. Like, uh, like it's the, it's yeah. getting to be the, the most kludgy, curmudgeonly sort of pain in the ass. I don't know why it updates so often. It's like the Firefox of, video game clients well like, every time you open firefox it's like oh we have to install this update and then you need to restart your browser it doesn't you firefox it doesn't i don't want to restart my browser i bother look me up that porn. it updates but that the thing is is like uh chrome introduces to this model where you never think about updates because it just updates when you restart when you restart yep uh, uh everything else happens in the background and i think that's kind of the way i want it to be um like i just if you're going to auto update anyway which steam does you automatically update it and you don't really have an option just not don't to tell me just don't tell me just um, just just fucking do it yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, like, and especially if it's like a new, new update, like I probably don't have to have it for whatever I'm doing. And then the next time I restart, it's going to run those updates anyway. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter. Number two, though, is it's in kind of a desperate need of a re- redesign. This is not the most uh, out of date Steam has been. Um, but yeah, but their like uh, friends list is is shitty at yeah. best. And number three, uh, it it is also it feels heavier than a lot of the other clients. So like especially the Blizzard client, the Blizzard client to me pretty much blows everything else out of the water. It's pretty lightweight if you keep it up to date. If you don't keep it up to date, then you occasionally have to wait. Yeah, but um, the Steam client with the friends thing though, like Eddie and I legit spent like an hour one night like trying to figure out how to add each other on our Steam accounts as friends. Yeah. Never did figure it out. My fucking 13-year-old sent me a friend request through Steam, like, the next day, like, it was goddamn nothing and managed to do it, and I (laughs) still haven't figured out how. Of course she did. Of course. Isn't that the way of things? We've become the old adults. Yeah. But I'm the IT guy. I'm supposed to be able to know how to do that shit. Well, pretty soon... Yeah, but the only guy left that knows how to do COBOL when we're on the 14th version of whatever the hell Snapchat. So, so funny, funny story. My boss, not my boss, but like his boss, the one that I actually report to. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, he's our CFO. Mm-hmm. And so he's deals with money all the time and whatnot. And like we were talking to him one day and we we're just like, well, I mean, if you don't have an IT degree, like maybe this doesn't make sense. But, you know, and we talked about whatever we we're talking about. He's like. He's like, my, my degree is in CS. <laughs> and I was like, say what? How did and you get? And, yeah. And he was like, well, I mean, we worked with COBOL. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, because these days, computer science is a lot different from programming. Um, yeah. Uh, it, and, and so like that, that was a joke I was reading the other day. Is you're going to do a computer science degree. You're going to learn something like Java, C, or C+, if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, and, and like, don't get me wrong, Java is pretty prevalent, uh, um, for a lot of things, mainly because Android, these, like, as far as new hotnesses go, um, Java is still used in Android. Um, but yeah. for pretty much everything else, it's like, why are you doing that in Java? Uh, and secondarily, you know, you have C, which is useful in tons and tons of low level stuff. Um, but you know, your main, your main tech jobs these days are going to be like web development, application programming for, uh, mainly mobile and stuff like that. So, um, if you're not in one of those fields, they, they seem woefully outdated, especially because there's a lot of things that you have to deal with in C that, uh, or Java or whatever that, uh, you don't have to deal with in higher level languages. So that makes it a little bit different, more difficult to get yeah. into and a little less portable, but, um, yeah, it's yeah, funny. No, it's 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 super funny because I, I I remember <laughs> CS120 is the class that you have to take um, at our local community college if you want to do anything in computer science. Yeah, and uh, you you have to either take it or you have to take a digital literacy exam. 
in which case you, they let you bypass one, 120. When I registered for school, when I went, I actually registered too late to take the literacy exam. And it's, it's so fucking funny because like you have to, uh, you don't just automatically get approved for that class. Yeah. Like you have to go in and have the instructor like sign your ad drop slip and turn it <laughs> in and whatnot. Um, and so picture like my wife is pregnant with Natalie when I, when I'm enrolling in college at this particular time. And so I take my instructor to the slip on the first day of class and have him sign it. And I was like, all right, I got to leave. Cause I got to take my wife to a doctor's appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he goes, we're going to cover a lot of really important stuff today. And if you miss today, like it's, it's, it's going to hurt you throughout the course of this class. And I go, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> and so I take my freshly signed ad drop slip, turn it into the office, go and, and, uh, flash forward, uh, a little bit. I'm actually having to correct him on several things throughout the course of the class on how windows works and, why certain things do what this class i'm not even kidding you literally starts with what the power button looks like on your pc that's what i missed the first day of class when i took my wife to a doctor's appointment jesus you know he's he's been stuck this entire time trying to figure out how to turn a computer on too i i I swear i got here he wasn't really playing tomb murder he's covering i had to turn the computer on for him i was pounding my fist on my desk just kept slamming his head right into the top of the case didn't know what was going on yeah, yeah. no it's 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 so ridiculous i got 108 percent in that class <laughs> <laughs> did you get extra credit for like fixing his computer dude i can't it get was, it to print it was, he got mad at me he got legit mad at me a couple of times one of the, one of the times in particular was because he was talking about how um the difference between sleep mode and hibernate mode in windows 7 and um how laptops don't have a sleep mode they only have hibernate and i was like that is that is categorically false (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) false (laughs) okay this is a good place to stop i think Um, categorically false yeah that's let's call it a show you guys can all sleep hibernate your computers after this episode um as always if you want to go uh check out the show notes i I should i should have probably told you this is the top of the show but it's whatever.co slash are we on 86 86 yeah whatever.co slash 86 um if you want to uh tell us what we did wrong on twitter or help us shitpost uh coffee memes uh we are at whatever show. We are facebook.com slash whatever show if you'd like to reach out to us on Facebook. And we do respond within two hours, according to our Facebook profile. Yes, we do. Uh, questions at whatever.co for you emailers and uh, sponsors at whatever co. Uh, Pelican, we're looking at you. Lagunitas, I know you put the pub in public brewing because I listen to a lot of This American Life. Um, you could sponsor this show too. We're pretty public. I. Are you talking to Lagunitas now, or are you talking to Heineken? Because they are now 100% owned by Heineken. Are you motherfucking serious? Yeah, yeah we talked about this, actually. Yeah, we did. But they still do They still do ads on PB, uh, on public radio. They, they do, and um, the uh, former owner of Lagunitas is still, uh, he's, he's still their CEO. Like in charge. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, if they want to do that and just siphon a little bit of the profit, whatever. Uh, you know what? Here's the deal. As long as you're not owned by InBev <laughs> that, That's where we draw the line. Like, yeah. I'm kind of okay with you. And for what it's worth, I've noticed no noticeable change in Lagunitas. No, it's still delicious. Yeah. I might have another. Yeah, for real. All right. We'll see you next week. Later.